Welcome to Last Chance Theater. This is Justin. And I'm Laura. Uh, today we're going to do something a little different, where we're going to actually just have a discussion about some things that have been going on, uh, mostly media-wise. We're as a warning recording this back on the 31st slash 1st of... Uh, yeah, this is New Year's Eve. So if you hear some booms so. in the background, it's not the Tet Offensive, we're just, it's uh, just fireworks. And also anything we reference as far as like things that have changed in the future, which they probably will before, you know, before this comes out. That's why the, the references are, are a little dated. But, um, you know, everything's in mid-season finale right now. So we haven't really been able to watch anything new at this time. Although it's given, I think, both of us a chance to catch up on a lot of things that we've wanted to watch. It gave me a chance to blow through all of Arrow in, like, two weeks. I still can't believe, like, you, it took you this long to, like, actually watch Arrow, even though you watch all the other CWDC shows. It's because Arrow was the one that I briefly caught bits of and just didn't like what I was seeing of it. And then it took me a while to get into Flash because... Uh, a friend of mine was like, oh man, you gotta watch The Flash, The Flash is so good, you gotta watch it. And so I watched one episode of Flash, and I was like, nah, it's pretty good. And then I just didn't watch it for like six months. And then I picked it back up and started watching it again, and really enjoyed it. And then I watched all of it up to current, and then I, I got into that, and I got into Supergirl because it was just, it was starting. And then I got into Legends because it was so connected to the other shows. And then I got in the Arrow last, which was the first show to come out. But um, it was, it, I don't know, it, it, it had the most potential to me to be, to go the worst. I mean, it, it has sort of gone the worst in some places. I don't think so. I think... Season four is pretty, pretty terrible. I honestly think if season one of Legends had been the length of season four of Arrow, it'd be worse. Like, I think the only thing saving it is it's oh. so short. Oh, of course. Because... But, I mean, season four of Arrow was just hard to get through. I think it's because you <laughs> watched it live on TV. Like, it really helps not having to, like, wait for stuff to happen. Like, there's some stupid shit going Maybe. on. But, like, it's mostly packed in at the end. I was with the show up until, like, the last three or four episodes that season. I was like, oh, this has gotten really dumb. Like, the flashbacks got just out of hand. Damien Dark just doesn't fit on Arrow as it is. Like, he he works on, like, Legends, but he does not fit in Arrow. I think he works on Legends better because he's not tied to the the whole backstory of being this dark character. Like, if he had been more hokey on Arrow, it might have worked better. But the season's also really dark, too, so it's hard to make him too hokey because he's... Well, so that's, that's the thing with Arrow, is that, like, it just... It veers too hard into trying to be gritty sometimes. It's like melodrama. When it really should not be. Like, it should really embrace some of, like, the camp and the cheese the way that, like, Flash and Supergirl do. I think that they all have, I think that they have, like, a different sort of tone they're going for, and the... They do. It's it's the faux Batman tone. <laughs> no, I mean, like, every show that has a different tone, because, like, they... they... Oh, yeah, I know that, but, I mean... It it's really still is a superhero it, show, and you really need to kind of like embrace. It really like is that. the best Batman. Like they did show initially, ever. <laughs> like with like Cupid and stuff early on, but oh, I love Cupid because she's just like super crazy, like she's just <laughs> bonkers, and she clearly needs help, but no one is giving it to her. Like she's not getting therapy, and they're just putting her back in the Suicide Squad. Like that's gonna help her. Let her kill more people, you know. Like she's clearly not okay. She has attachment issues. 
Well, the version of Amanda Waller in the CW verse the is worst person. She's the worst so. person. <laughs> She's just the worst person. Her Suicide Squad typically consists of like two people and then just soldiers. <laughs> like it's not like there's a whole squad to work. Well, it's with. it's all it's like it's all the off brand <laughs> Suicide Squad members. No, you get you like, get because they don't have the rights to like the major. You ones. get deaths. You get deaths. Uh, Deadshot, and you get. Um. Yeah, Deadshot. I think. I think it's just that like Arrow, like the yeah, you get like one or two that you can name drop, but then the rest of them, you're like, uh. <laughs> I think that Arrow's trying to focus. And that's too what I mean, like because like, they don't have the rights to the bigger ones because the movies do. Oh, I think Arrow's trying to focus too hard on like people who can shoot guns or arrows. Like, I think that's their whole deal. Is that like if someone can't hold a gun or fire an arrow, they don't want them in the fucking show. And I'm kind of glad that they've started to do more Oliver with gun stuff because it's always hilarious to me how effective he is with guns. And you're just like, why don't you just use a gun, bro? Like, it's just about as fatal to get hit with an arrow as a gun. And he's like, he's really good with guns. Like, some of the stuff he fights people with guns all the time. You're like, oh, he's really good at that. And they even commented on it the first time in the show that he does it. Like, people were looking at him and he's like, I can use a gun. I'm like, I didn't think you could use a gun either, really. Yeah, he likes his arrows okay the island flashback only ever shows a thing happen right before it happens on the show or right after so i know that's that's where the flashbacks just they got dumb oh no they're after a while. honestly i was fine up until this season they're dumber now because they're out of island stuff so they're just doing whatever the fuck they want like rent well yeah because they're not tied to a specific time anymore like so they're you're not always even getting flashbacks, which is nice. Like, it's nice not to have to have those. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like, like, what if Flash worked this way? Like, what if Flash just had, like, random flashbacks to him being in a coma all the time and showing every character's, like, deal back then? And it would just be like... I mean, I honestly wouldn't have minded some flash flashbacks of, like, him growing up with Iris and Joe and how that, like, shaped him as a person. Like that Jack and Bobby show? <laughs> That no one that remembers. It was a CW show, or actually a WB show back then, that was about... Oh, but I just mean, like, because, like, obviously in the first season of Flash, like, they go through all the stuff about his mother being killed and his father going to prison, and that is very traumatic, but, like, they don't... And, like, he's clearly turned out okay after Joe adopts him, but, like, a few flashbacks here and there, like, showing how it was for him. They do out, have like, some flashbacks. Hurt. They have, like, two or three, I remember, of them being younger. But the, the Jack and Bobby show was like a like a whole flashback series where it was like two brothers and one becomes president, but you're not sure who the president is. And it shows like current day situations like around the presidency and then the brothers growing up in like a lesson they learn. And it's an interesting concept, but you can't base the whole show on it. So, um, I mean, that's kind of how um, This Is Us works sometimes. See, that's, that's kind of how Arrow works. Like... You show something and then you show the future and you're like, why is Oliver able to do that? Like, honestly. Why has this never come up at all before? <laughs> he's the best at keeping a secret about a specific thing just because it it doesn't have relevance to what he's doing right then. Because it hasn't existed until the writers decided it did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, we were already pretty aware of magic once they brought the Lazarus Pit up. Because the Lazarus Pit is one of those things where, even in Batman, it's kind of like they try to not say it's magic, but it's totally fucking magic. Like, you put yourself in this pit mm-hmm. and you're healed. Like, there's nothing else to explain it but magic. Or, like, nanites. I don't know what else you could say it is. And 
you know, with the with the land sisters coming back to life every few days, it feels like they needed to to have some sort of magical influence there, you know, like something to to call up to, to say was doing something. But Flash doesn't ever do magic, it feels like, and Legends definitely does it when Damian Dark is there. Which is fine, because, I mean, when he's there, he's a big villain, so... I actually like that him and Merlin team up a lot, because I feel like him and Merlin are, like, the best... Like, it's, like, one of these, like, funny pairing couples. Like, they just... It's, like, an odd couple situation. Like, they don't get along, and they, like, have similar paths, and they're, like, kind of shady. I wish Merlin was more involved on, in, like, all the shows. <laughs> you just like John Barrowman. I do. And, and Merlin is involved only when Thea's in danger. Like, he'll just show up out of nowhere. Like, he has, like, a tracker on Thea, and he's just like, hey, Thea's hurt or missing. I'm here to help. And then everybody's mad <laughs> that he's there. Like, they're surprised. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, you guys are all garbage people. Don't get too mad at Malcolm. I told you that they all became garbage people. <laughs> <laughs> Except for, like, Thea, and I guess William hasn't become a garbage person yet. Well, William's had what? <laughs> Nine episodes. He's not even in all of them. (laughs) I mean, yeah, William, JJ, those people aren't garbage yet. JJ slash Sarah. Yeah, JJ has never said a line. I don't think so. There's that. He's a baby. Yeah, I know. And yeah, Lila's pretty bad too. She's just not there. I like Lila, but she just has no purpose. I like Lila, but she's a terrible person. Also, she's like she's just another Amanda Waller, but more competent than Amanda Waller. Well, and you also know her as a character, so you have to like her more. I don't, I don't think, maybe Curtis is not garbage. I don't think he's done anything terrible yet. I love Curtis, but Felicity treats him like garbage. Where? Where is this happening at? I have not seen that yet. Maybe it's in some of the more recent episodes, but she does some pretty shitty things. I mean, I feel like, I like Renee too. He's a little garbage, but he's not as garbage as everybody else. It's pretty sad. Renee's like... Ray's open about being garbage. Yeah, he feels like he should be the most garbage person, but, you know, there's people like Oliver running around who, I don't know, what make a list of the terrible shit Oliver's done. Oh, he flayed a man a lot. Force his best friend into doing drugs so that he can become the arrow. Yeah, well, he didn't force him. <laughs> yeah, but it was a pretty selfish request. Like, he's like, I have a son now, so I can't be the that green arrow. That was a selfish arrow, request. you can be the green arrow, even though you have a baby. Yeah, it, it was a pretty selfish request. And I, when he was making that, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He has a baby that's, like, younger than your son. And then um, Oliver did flay a man alive. Like, he skinned that guy for information, which I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're doing that then. This is like... You like Oliver killing people, though. I so. like him killing people, not, like, maiming <laughs> for no reason you don't want him to be ramsey bolton yeah i don't want him to be ramsey bolton like i just feel like some of the threats they have on all these shows should just end up dead like like i i don't know why barry hasn't shoved his hand through reverse flash's chest yet but that should be the first thing he does next time he sees him okay every time barry kills someone do you see how deep of a spiral it sends him into (laughs) he hasn't really and that just fucks up the rest of the show (laughs) yeah i guess so or someone dies around him he's like oh man I killed Iris. In he the, loses his goddamn mind. Yeah, I killed Iris in the past or future or something. Now I'm evil. <laughs> it was like, or I didn't save her and now I'm evil. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I I gotta catch up though because I want to see what Filsey is doing to Curtis because it's pretty funny. That, it's pretty funny you're saying that he's like nice, but she's so mean to him. 
Ray was terrible too while on there. I was like, I was surprised because like Ray is usually so nice on Legends. I was like, oh, you're bad on here too. Like people just become garbage when they stay on this show too long. I think in if you're in Star City, you're a garbage person. Star City is just I hate how they changed the city's name. That's like one of the stupidest plot points. And they did it so early on too. It was so weird. Why did they do it? The show reason or the real reason? Either one. I think the comics changed it at some point, and the show decided to catch up. What? And in the show, they said it was because they were like they were honoring Ray something rather after like the big attack. Yeah, after like uh, like Ray's death, who he championed it, and Laurel's death, and then like the big attack and like all the bad stuff. So they're like, we're gonna we're gonna shed our name and make a new legacy for our city. And I'm like, oh, that's stupid. Your city is garbage because you people are garbage. Also, it's really fucking expensive to change all your yeah, goddamn signs like, and paperwork. And, and then, and then Oliver takes off and they're like, oh, we have all this debt. Maybe you shouldn't have fucking spent like a million or so dollars changing a bunch of signs for no reason. <laughs> or, you know, what if you're like the Starling City Bakery? Oh, there goes that shit. All my stationery, all my signs, <laughs> all my bags, garbage now. Oh, it's so terrible. The fucking foot. Tough luck. It's it's hard to live in Star City. Yeah, I guess it's I guess that's the the least complaint you can have about a city that's uh, had what two fucking massive cave in cave-ins in five years, <laughs> a, a military of fucking super and all the freaks. big buildings with all the big companies keep going under. Yeah, co- several companies go under. Like the Damien Dark thing, I can't even call, like, I don't know what you call that. I, I guess the city caved in during that also. But then there was also, like, the, the fight mm-hmm. in the streets, like a riot. Your mayor's always getting shot yeah, at. You've, you've <laughs> gone through, like, six mayors in, like, five years. And I guess, yeah, Oliver's still mayor for now. I'm shocked that he's mm-hmm. still mayor. Him being mayor is really boring. Him being mayor is stupid because it makes it, like, it's like they did a bunch of shit to the show that's like, oh, man, if we do this, it will take even more of his arrow time away. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see more arrow shit. I don't want to see more Oliver fucking playing diplomat. It's it's just, it's like, it's like they're trying to make him more adult, like, so they made him mayor, they now gave him a son. (laughs) (laughs) And then Thea's not there to help with the son, who I feel like she'd be the most capable person around because she was the only person raised by regular people, it feels like. Like, everybody else in the show is raised by criminals, or I don't know who John's parents are, but he's not helping Oliver anyway. And, um... <laughs> well, his brother turned out to be a criminal. Yeah, so. but I mean, like, who else in the show is raised by regular functional parents, for the most part? Like, even Oliver's parents, they're kind of functional. But he's on an island for five years, or more or less five, three years. And then, like, you've got, like, Felicity, whose dad was a criminal, and whose mom is a fucking waitress, who, like... They have all these issues with each other. I don't know who raised Curtis. I don't know who raised Renee, but they're newer. So, I mean, you can't just trust them with your kid and shit. Well, I mean, Curtis is an Olympian, so he's got that. Yeah, I feel like Curtis was raised by good parents who, like, were in, like, one of those really nice black Baptist churches and loved him a lot. I feel like his parents probably (laughs) were nice to him. Renee's parents, I don't really know, because Renee is way older than I thought. I thought he was a teenager, and then they're like, oh, he had a wife and kid. I was like, what the fuck? Really? Like, how old <laughs> is Renee? Really young. And he wears a fucking hockey mask. So. Well, I think it's funny about Renee is that they bring Renee into the show, and he feels juvenile. He feels like he's, like, early 20s, and, like, he's, like, rebellious and shit. And then out of the blue, they just go, oh, he was married and had, like, a 10-year-old daughter or more. 
and like his wife and him were very lovey dovey and like oh and like I was like what the fuck is this? It's like and also we're gonna throw him into politics. Well, it's like one of those supernatural plot lines where they they admit at the end of the season that they didn't plan to do it. They just like came into the writers' room one day and were like banging some shit out and like hey let's do this <laughs> and then just they do it and it lasts for two seasons because they fucking <laughs> supernatural is written by people who don't give a shit about like convention or planning. Nope. I mean, you you are you've been pretty upset at Supernatural, but you're still watching it. I'm glad you're back to watching it because I feel like because you want someone to talk about it with. I, I have people to talk about it with. I have PJ. I have Crystal. I have like a lot of my friends still watch Supernatural. It's just that I want it. You're the only person I know that still watches it. Really? Yep. It's got a pretty big fan base, though. I don't know who those people are, more or less. I, I don't interact uh, with... Middle-aged women. <laughs> middle-aged women. I don't interact with the fans because I don't interact with fans of anything if I can avoid it because they're terrible people, typically. But... The Supernatural fans are scary. Uh, are they scarier than Doctor like Who fans? Like, the hardcore fans? fans? I think so because, like, with Supernatural, like, they're, they're actively, like, hoping that these brothers... Oh, them. yeah. You know what? Uh, the other night, I was looking at something on Pinterest, like, one of those lists of, like, oh, we, we drew Disney characters like this, or some stupid shit. And, like, mm-hmm. one of those Pinterest, like, breakdown links came across as, like, a bunch of, like, Elsa and Anna, like, porn, not porn, but, like, just, like, fan art of them kissing and holding hands. And I was like, oh, they're sisters. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is stupid. Like, right. what's wrong with you people? Well, that's like the same issues that I have, like with, like Supernatural acknowledges it a little bit, and they like, make fun they of poke it. fun at it. But the fans are still like that, which is what still bothers me. <laughs> I like a show having the balls to actively poke fun at its fans, like right to their face, like not even like in an underhanded way, but just like here, we're gonna do it right in your face. And, mm-hmm. but I, I have a problem with all the fan pairing stuff. I, I. Generally, generally like pairings for things as they are in canon unless they don't make any sense like pairings that don't make any sense off the top of my head is like Bulma and Vegeta two characters who never spoke to each other in the course of that show just have a baby suddenly but then there's pairings like you know people getting mad about Jenny and Harry and Harry Potter that makes sense to me like the Hermione pairing doesn't make sense to me because they weren't really flirty with each other they were friends and like her and Ron were always like nipping at each other and acting like a little couple harry and hermione i don't like i also don't really care for harry and jimmy but i get how it makes i get sense. I, I get how really jimmy and makes it. sense and i i also think rowling forgot what she was doing because like now she talks about like it's a big regret and i'm like yeah but it makes the most sense because like harry had no family and this way everybody he loves is related to him he's related to ron through marriage mm-hmm. and, and, and hermione through marriage and like he has this huge family of people now that are like that care about him but like she she right. talks now about how like oh it wouldn't work i'm like i feel like it would work because i to me hermione's a little bit more unstable than jenny <laughs> like i would worry about her and ron like her killing ron because she's like actively attacked ron before in the past <laughs> what is like with jenny she didn't really become much of a character up until like right near the very end i think book 5 so is, i think that's where i don't there's i don't really like it because she just kind of didn't really have much of a personality. She just kind of was there in the background. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's how people are in life. Like, that's, that's whatever. I mean, I kind of like that he didn't marry the most obvious person. It's the same thing with Draco. Draco got married to one of the... Some random one girl. Of the green gra- really yeah, it's one of the Greengrass sisters. Uh, not Daphne, the other one. 
And like, yeah, but it's not. It's someone that's not even like remotely well, important. It's funny because they they keep they they uh, there's a girl named Posey I think or Posey Parkinson or something. They always drop name yeah. drop her and you think oh that's who he's gonna end up with and it's totally not her. It's just another girl and like it makes sense that way because like you know people go oh well Neville and Luna are gonna end up no they don't like Luna marries someone else who likes animals like her and who's probably a crazy person like she is and. Because Luna, Luna is definitely unstable, and, and like you know, I, it's it's oh, yeah. adorable in a way, but it's also kind of creepy because you're like, oh, she's always gonna be like this. <laughs> like, it's cute as a book character, but as an actual person, it would be a problem. Like, oh, she's like this all the time, right? But like, I don't know. Like, people get really upset about that, and I I didn't really read those books till way later, but I did witness a lot of the fights that the books caused online. Like I saw a lot of the live journal bullshit back in the day and like people went to war for those books. Like Cassandra Clare was, was one of the people leading those wars. Like she had a whole faction of people who were like into Draco and into Draco and Jenny being a thing and into like, yeah, I think this, he, champion the evil Dumbledore shit that's still out there to this day. I mean, it's surprising. She's turned into an actually a pretty good author, which is bizarre considering how her series started. It's hard to like really dump on her because there's a lot to dump on, but there's a lot to not dump on. And it's like that Doctor Who quote about like lives being like a pile of terrible things and a pile of good things and you just try to make the good thing pile better. Like, I feel like she's just trying to make the good thing pile better. Like, I don't get her whole obsession with brothers and sisters, like, almost incest. Like, because she's writing, like, three books like that. And then I also don't, like, I don't like the idea that she at one did one, at one point did, like, plagiarize other works. But I don't think it was malicious. I think it was just, like, an homage that got out of hand. Because I saw right. what she did. And it wasn't like she was just copying book pages out to make her stuff look better. It was more like she saw a thing she liked and then took it or she saw and tried to replicate yeah, or she it. saw a scene from like Buffy she liked and she just put that dialogue in her story and, you know, changed the characters. Obviously it wasn't Buffy, but I've done that as a kid. I did the same thing writing. Like I saw like quotes that I liked from something and I would just like copy those same quotes into something I was writing. And yeah, it's plagiarism. But, you know, as a person writing fan fiction, you're not really trying to make a work that can stand up to scrutiny. It's just most of the time it's not going to be sold anywhere. It's not allowed to be. Right. And I mean, I think to me what's interesting about like Cassandra Clare's books, like I don't understand why all these producers are clamoring all over like her main Mortal Instruments series. Like we've got Shadowhunters and we had City of Bones before. When the prequel series and the sequel series are infinitely better. <laughs> That's what's so weird to me. Um, It might be a marketability thing. I don't know how marketable those other series are because, like, there's everything you need for, like, a, like, sensation of a series in Mortal Instruments, like the main series. It's like, there's a love triangle. There's... You've got that in the prequel series. You've got it in the sequel series. Like <laughs> That's not... the sequel series isn't finished, so I get why that one's not like. I'm sure. I think the rights have probably already been sold for it, but like, so I get why that one's not being produced into anything yet because it's not finished. But like the prequel trilogy, it's very good. Like it's. I don't, I don't think you're gonna find anyone that disagrees that it's not great. 
And that's like where she really came into her own as like a storyteller, I think. Yeah, I feel like everybody and says it's, just, it's, it's so much better. And they might get to it oh, one yeah. day, but it, I don't know. Like what they like, what networks and movie theaters, movie producers and studios want is a certain thing, and it just isn't always what they should want or what's better. They just sometimes want like, like. I mean, I I agree. Like, I don't, and I it also kind of worries me. Like, if someone were to produce it and adapt it, like. What would we actually get? I mean, they fucked that first movie up <laughs> super hard. Like, that first movie is terrible. And so, and it shouldn't have been. There was nothing that should have caused it to be as bad as it was. Like, it, it didn't need to, it wasn't going to be amazing, but it wasn't, it didn't need to be as bad as it was. And, I mean. They made a lot of really bizarre choices with exactly. that movie. Exactly. So like, the, yeah. And even with, like, the Shadowhunter show, they've made some weird choices that I'm not but they're hilarious they're hilarious (laughs) and anything it's doing doesn't last that long anyway it's like yeah it makes it weird well there's one thing like the drugs one of the things that goes on through is the no not the drugs but the the use of technology because in the books like all the shadow hunters are anti-technology they don't understand it at all yeah but in like the in the show like they're their whole place is like filled with computers i think i think it's kind of like harry potter though because in the movies you know in in the in the books the they they really don't understand humans like it's clear how bad it is like book five when he's at the weasley household and like they don't know what policemen are and they can't say like these words right but in the movies they kind of like like just kind of scrub over all that and kind of humanize it a little bit more like regular like they, they muggleize it i guess like that's what we kind of talked we've talked about it before like with the use of like regular clothes yeah like in the books it's made very clear like wizards don't know how to dress like regular people unless they're muggle born yeah which always like the- and in the movies like they all wear regular clothes all the time which is weird <laughs> i mean from a cat from a wardrobe standpoint i guess it might be a little easier and it also it could look dorkier, like, some things just don't translate well to film, and, like, everybody wearing weird robes all the time might just might have been a, a, a hindrance on movement and, you know, all sorts of other things. Possibly. It's just, it's an interesting choice, and it started with the third movie, because in the first two movies, it was all robes all the time. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think we, we just watched all the movies again. I, I didn't see the first one, which is good, because the first one I don't really like. It's, it's very dated and i think two is where it starts to feel like they stand up to like any kind of test of time and two is a legitimately well, the first good, two are directed by the same person well two is a legitimately good book too i feel like people don't really give it credit but it's got a pretty good twist at the end that you don't see coming because at that point you weren't aware that everything was voldemort <laughs> like if it happens in the book everything is voldemort and you meet this guy it's like oh it's tom riddle is he bad is he good he lives in a journal oh it's voldemort <laughs> right which you don't know until then and then like it's Obviously, after that, you know it's always going to be Voldemort. Yeah, if you get fooled the third time around, or sorry, if you get fooled book four where they get ported to that graveyard, and you're like, oh, who's going to be there? I'll give you a guess who it's going to be. <laughs> like, fucking Voldemort again. Well, I don't I don't think the books, like, try to, like, make it a mystery about that. They've got other things that are mysteries. Yeah, they're not like Zelda games. Zelda games, like, used to do this thing where they would pretend it wasn't Ganon, and then it was always Ganon. And even if it wasn't Ganon at the end, they'd, they'd like, put some text at the end oh, but you didn't know this, Ganon was there the whole time. You're like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? Like, he wasn't there. It was this <laughs> other fucking guy. Yeah, like... I've never played a Zelda game, so I, I can't... I mean, I don't know if you'd like him because you're not big on... 
I don't know what you're, I don't really know what you want in video games. Like, maybe you are big on, like, open world games if you don't have to deal with leveling up and grinding. You don't really need to grind in the Zelda. They don't have levels except for the second one. But they do have, like, a lot of tedious bullshit they make you jump through sometimes to, like, you know. It's a very, like, temple-based gameplay. It's like you go to a temple, you get an item, you beat the boss with that item, and you repeat seven or ten times, and then you beat the last boss. The new one's not like that from what I've heard, but I I wasn't really impressed with the new one, which is blasphemy to people. It feels like people are, like, super upset when I say that, but I don't know. From what I've heard, everyone really, really loves Breath of the Wild, so. I mean, my thing about it is that do they love it because it's a great game, or do they, do they like it because it's a Zelda game that didn't do the same thing? Because Zelda's been basically the same game since, like, the first game. Like, it's, there's been some variation. Like, when they made the Switch to 3D, Ocarina of Time was a really good game. But after that, they started the same formula. They would get some gimmick, like, oh, you turn into a wolf this time, or... You can, I don't know, change the weather this time. But it was always the same sort of game. And then Breath of the Wild took all that away. But it felt like it was just Skyrim at that point, but, like, hokier. Which isn't bad, but it's also not, like, game of the year either. Like, I think some other games are doing some amazing shit out there, and they're just not getting acknowledged for it. Especially in the way of, like, newer properties or properties that aren't as well known that should be getting more acknowledgement. Um and Mario Odyssey looks fun, but Mario Mario games are always fun. Even the bad ones are sort of fun. And I mean, I don't have a Switch, so I really can't come on any of the newer games. I mean, Mario... <clears throat> I, I haven't played Mario Odyssey. I can, I've can. played a little bit of Zelda. I, I truly don't have that much experience with a lot of Mario games, because I didn't grow up with Nintendo systems other than I had a Game Boy Color, which I played Pokemon Crystal on. Oh, Crystal? <laughs> like, what is that? Gen 3? No, it's the first... Um, no, it's gotta be that, it's gotta be Gen two or three because the Gen one was red, blue, green, quote unquote. In Japan. I mean, it was it was right after um, gold and silver. So like, I don't think so, but maybe I don't remember. I it. stopped on gold. I was in. It was that was the first one I got, and then I eventually got a DS while I was in college, and I got diamond for that one. Yeah, I I stopped on gold out of frustration with fucking mill tank. I, I can never get past the Elite Four, so... <laughs> yeah, the Elite Four, they'll, they'll, like, fuck your shit up real bad if you're not, like... Because, like, the game lets you think you can just bring, like, your starter Pokemon that are leveled up in there. Nope, they'll just get rolled right through. You gotta, like, bring, like, 18 Pokemon in. And, um... Right, and that's where you have to grind a lot, and I have no patience grind. for grinding. <laughs> when you have to do the same thing over and over and over again just to, like, get points, like, I don't, I don't like that. Just make a bumper sticker, Laura <laughs> doesn't grind. Like, the, um... What do you call it? The first game I did, I did everything. I caught all the Pokemon. I, you know, beat the Elite Four. I caught, like, everything in the game. And then the gold, in gold, I was trying to do that same thing. I was really excited when I got it and it came out. And I was, like, frustrated with it because it was, it was very similar, but it was also harder and, like, kind of unnecessarily hard at some points. And I just quit playing it. And I didn't play another one until X and Y. And that was the one where I got where you could, like, dress up. And I was super excited about it. Like, I was really into, like, changing clothes. <laughs> you know this because you've seen all the text pictures I've sent you. Like, hey, does this look good? Uh-huh. <laughs> Is this a good battle outfit? Does the skirt go with this top? <laughs> <laughs> what about this hat? Or, like, my complaint on the Nintendo thing. I was like, hey, you guys took the dresses out of Sun and, Sun and Moon. Bring those dresses back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you can't take your hat off in X and Y. It's stupid. Like, the hat is part of your body, basically. Like, you can change your hat, but you can't take a hat off. And so they, they gave you the option to take... That's how it is in Pokemon Go, and it drives me nuts. Is it? <laughs> they might have changed it, but, like... Because they were slowly adding more wardrobe options, I'll start Yeah, they added some... But they, it, they actually went to Gen 3 stuff now, too. Like, I've seen some Pokemon. I don't even know what the fuck they are. But it all, it costs you, like, money. Oh, really? Or, like... Or, like, you have to get enough of these certain points, which, essentially, to get enough of them, you should... It's easier just to buy it. <laughs> but, like... I, I quit playing Pokemon Go because it, it was a battery suck. It does suck out your batteries really hard. And, and you know what's... And I just... I never had, like, the time in my day to, like, do it. The problem is, is that, like, it should register your walking when it's off, but it doesn't. Like, that's the big problem. If, if the eggs would just, like, whenever you walked, if the eggs would just count that when the phone's regular walking count, it'd be fine. But it doesn't do that. Right. Yeah, so I, I gave up on that because I just, I just wasn't paying enough attention to it to like make it worth it. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Like, I I played it for a long. And also, my that. phone is like on its last battery legs, so I you really can't. Do you like, realize that they're gonna do replacements for the batteries now, right? I do, but I also would just rather have a new phone. My phone is three years old. That's right. <laughs> Here's you. You might. You may or may not be getting a new phone, so we don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see if they... This will probably change by the time this episode's released, but... Yeah, hopefully it's there by that time. I was going to say that, um, like, I stopped playing it way after you, but I stopped playing it for similar reasons that I just didn't feel like it was consistently paced, paced enough. Like, it gets hard to level up after, like, level 21 or so, and then... It gets really hard to find what you're looking for because you've caught everything in your area, and so what you're looking right, for. Right, and there's, and you're generally not someone that travels a lot, so it's not like you're going to like vastly different areas to get different. Things. Yeah, there's some shit you can't get unless you leave the country, like far fetched. I want to say, I want to say, somebody I know got one only because they had a friend in Japan like log into their their account and catch it there, but it's only in like the 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 far east. You can't get them outside of that area. And, Which in theory is kind of cool, but in practice it's not so cool. I mean, it's cool when you're playing a Pokemon game and like all your traveling is tax funded and like in game it's how it works. But it's not cool in real life when you have to fly across the planet to catch a Pokemon. That's not even real. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's not even real and can't evolve. Right, or if you have to catch like six of them to make it do anything, like. Right. It just it doesn't make sense. Like all I can catch around here are fucking like Magikarp. <laughs> well, Magikarp is like one of the crazier ones because you can make that Gyarados bullshit out of it. I wish we could catch catch them around here. We have to go to the uh, medical center here, and there's like a gym, like a literal gym, like a Gold's gym over there that has a bunch in the parking lot. And back in the game's heyday, people would go there and just drive in circles around the parking lot. And it got so bad that the cops would, like, actually come clear you out if you were doing it. Like, they would get really mad about it because the Gold's Gym had problems, like, with parking and stuff and all these different well, things. Well, I told you about what happened at the airport uh, one of the last times I flew down to Arizona, right? Uh-huh. Um, so it was – oh, gosh. It was somewhere around October, I think. Maybe November. Last time I was flying – and oh no, so I was on my way to Vegas. That's what it was. 
and I was in the airport waiting for my first flight, and over the like overhead from like my gate, like the like the attendant at the gate is like, um, can is anyone in this vicinity playing Pokemon Go? There's a rare Pokemon, I guess, that needs <laughs> some kind of raid needs to happen because this lady had gone over <laughs> and asked her to make an announcement so she could do this raid. I don't know that anyone joined it, but it was. Oh, crazy. I mean, like, <laughs> there's been. There's been some crazy stories here in town about raids. Like one guy was in the park late at night one night, or not at night because the raids stop at night. It was like it was like early in the morning or something. And he was in the park. It was too. I think they had to stop the raid stopping at night because it got creepy because you'd have like hordes of strangers showing up places. Well, I mean they they only they only stop like they were only they used to only go from like six a.m. to like eleven or some shit. And this guy was in the park uh, here in town, like just in the morning and he had the cops called on him so the cops show up and he said the cops were like what are you doing out here and he told him what he was doing and so the cop comes out of his car to help him and then like someone else was like jogging and then they're like yeah there's a blah 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 over here and then like that person's helping him and then they were just online they're like there's three of us in the park right now we need more (laughs) it was like what are you doing one of you is on duty right now yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty bad. Like the game, the, the one thing the game did like really well at first was that people were very into like being friendly and talking to each other about it, and like you know it kind of like made people get out and speak to each other and walk together and meet new people. But I mean that ended pretty quick once the game like dropped in popularity. Oh yeah, but then even then it still had there's a a bit of divisiveness to it where the people teams. like going for whatever faction they were part of. Like, that was What really faction silly. were you again? I think I was red because I liked their outfit. Okay, better. I was mystic. <laughs> that is literally the only reason I picked it. Valor, yeah. Okay, I was mystic. And then mystic and Valor were the ones that everybody was in. And then um, inst- yeah, instinct at first was color. like the, the, like, you know the cinderella of the group like no one no one liked her and they were just it's the hufflepuff yeah they well yeah basically and what was funny about it was that like people were like were dogging them super hard and they got more popular because of that because people were joining they're like yeah i'm gonna join instinct because it's like it's like the outcast group and they got too big and i remember at a point i was like if i saw them have a gym i would go take it down i'm like oh they can't do that we can't let them think they're big and shit now um I would rather, like, if the options were, like, do you want to join Team Rocket? Okay. Team Rocket is such an old thing now, though. Like, they hadn't really been a big staple since first and second gen. Like, I don't know what we have right now. I can't... In Gold and Silver, there's... No, sorry, in Gold and Silver. In uh, Sun and Moon, there's a team, but I can't remember. I hate hate them so much. Because Team Skull. Like, they act all, like, gangster and stuff and, like, do, like, weird gang signs. I just, like... I, like, revel in beating the shit out of them, like, embarrassing levels of just beating. Because, like, they always, like, talk all this shit to you, and then you get into battle. And, like, remember, you're, like, an 11-year-old girl, so you get into battle with them, and they're, like, adults. And they get their shit tossed, like, by one single fucking preteen. And you're, like, why are you out here talking shit? You've got one Pokemon on you that's low level. Like, who talks this much shit like that? It's so, it's just crazy to me. Like, that's how they, because... The Team Rocket felt like a real threat because they were basically the Mafia. Like, that's what they set them up as. Like, oh, they're the Mafia. Like, this guy's like a Mafia Don, and he's running, like, an illegal Pokemon ring. And since then, they just Mm -hmm. keep making new teams that are lamer and lamer each time. But they brought Team Rocket back for uh, Sun and Moon Ultra. 
Oh, they brought. I mostly just. I'm more familiar with Tumaket from the cartoon more than anything. Well, they they brought everything <laughs> back from for Sun and Moon. Also, like they have like Team Rainbow Rocket, and it encompasses all the previous teams' leaders plus like the leader of Team Rocket. And I was like, oh, that sounds badass! Like I'm super on board for for this new game. Like I haven't gotten it yet, but I I just love Pokemon games. Like they're so much fun. You get to collect shit and ride a bike, and wear fancy clothes. Like you can go into battle in a suit if you want. Like why not? <laughs> um, I was going to ask you though because we, we, we actually spoke about this before we started recording which was bad but we are talking about Star Wars which uh, at this point in time is like four <sighs> weeks old or three weeks old I don't know how old it is now I'm already kind of Star Wars out to be honest are you? why? because people talk about it a lot to you or just in <laughs> I'm already general? kind of sick of it in general and to me I've really not watched much of the talks about it, but it's funny that the people I've seen talk about it have been pretty positive about it. Like, like they acknowledge that there's a that there's a backlash, but they're like they don't participate in it, and that's what makes me kind of wonder what the backlash's deal is because like all the reviewers I watch and trust to review anything or even speak on media are all really positive about it. My brother is really positive about it. Who he's actually a Star Wars fan of the age where you could see the the movies in theaters as you know when he was younger, and so I don't know who's upset. Like I don't I don't get who's upset by it. Like I haven't met those people really. I see them online, but I mean I don't think they're real people either. I mean, John is one of the people that didn't like it. <laughs> he's been pretty upset about talking about it a lot so I, I don't it's been a long time today talking about it so. I don't understand how people just don't like like I don't I just don't get it like it feels like he's got a lot of reasons but like they're not mine to go over so it feels like people <laughs> who are upset by it are either upset that it's it's too like the one complaint I would call valid that I've heard is people saying that like the other movies set up a bunch of stuff and it didn't pay off how they wanted it to and I'm like, yeah, but that's just, like, that's how things go. Like, things don't pay off how you want them to all the time. Like, it's not it's not a bad fiction because it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Like... I mean, I think... I do think that there's a lot of stuff that the writing team didn't handle well. Like, some of the follow-through stuff. And that's more of a production-level thing that they're not, you know, putting that level of continuity into the scripts. Like, one of the things I saw that, that was, like... They discussed it in saying that it was a kind of different um, problem the movie had caused for itself was like Holdo and her writing was that they said that there's a kind of a joke when she's introduced that's letting you know, oh man, you know, Holdo is like you expect it to be Poe that they talk about being the new leader, but it's her. And they play it like a joke, but it's really a serious moment that they're introducing a new character on. And the the whole thing was that this person was like, well, they had a choice to go with making a joke for an established character or introducing a new character. And they chose the former, which makes sense from from a writing standpoint, but also kind of diminishes the new character. But it's not like a big problem. It's just like a little thing and they, they didn't really explain her very well because i didn't know anything about her that she was a character that existed somewhere else or any of that also i really want to know why she had purple hair no one else in the star wars world like as crazy as some other outfits and stuff maybe they usually don't go into like purple hair for some reason and i was like why is her hair purple and everyone else is like brunette i don't know i, I mean like <laughs> she's in the book she looked like she belonged in the hunger games like <laughs> she doesn't look that out- outlandish hunger games people look like have like 
like scales and shit like it gets weird over there but i mean she like her look was like totally like clearly influenced by like effie from the hunger games and i was like this is just it's not a bad choice but it's something that you'd need to see reflected elsewhere other than just this one single character maybe she's not a human maybe i mean that's a possibility she might just look more or less human but have purple hair like i know that she's in a book that they wrote like they wrote a bunch of like sort of companion books for the movie like there's one about uh leia and she's in that one and um it tells like her and leia's like story together like they're like how she and leia became close and like what leia taught her and it also someone was saying like that you know people were excited when she was cast for the movie because she's apparently a lesbian but they don't address it at all in the movie like it's not anywhere in the movie at all and um like she's not in the movie very much, but she has like a really critical part in the movie, and I, I didn't. I, I don't know. I didn't mind anything about her. Like I, I honestly thought she was like gonna be evil because that's what you expect. You're like, oh, she's a spy or some shit, and like they play it like that until you're like, oh, she's not a spy at all. They play her like she's incompetent to, for a while, which is I could get why they do it because your kids more from like Poe's perspective, and that's what that's how he's choosing to look at things. Yeah. He's seeing her as not doing her job when she, in fact, she is doing her job. <laughs> well, one of the things that I told somebody about was that, like, the whole thing is just, like, a breakdown of, like, different characters that you expect to be right in what they're doing are wrong. And it doesn't go how they want. Because, like, you know, even in the second movie with, like, Luke uh, in Empire, when he leaves Yoda's planet, Yoda's like, don't go. You'll fall to the dark side. But he doesn't. He goes and he's vindicated and he's right. And in this movie, like, that wouldn't happen that way. Like, Ray goes to save Ren, and she can't do it. And, you know, Finn and Rose set off to do this, like, you know, dangerous, daring mission. But they actually end up fucking everybody else over by bringing um, fucking Del Toro back, and he tells on them. You know, like, those sorts of things weren't what you expected, but they, I, I like how they played that out. The her being a spy thing felt really, really real until it wasn't. And, you know, Poe is just kind of like, oh, he's kind of the person who's being a dick in this point. And someone was complaining about her mm-hmm. not telling Poe what her plan was. But I was like, but they're military. And, like, if, if she was, like, a male general or male commander. He had no reason exactly. to know what her plan was. He's below her in rank. Like. And she doesn't know who she can trust if she thinks that there might be a mole. Like, because he's clearly defying her at every opportunity. Yeah. And, like, as a as a commander you don't have any obligation to tell people below you what your plan is unless they're part of the plan itself like it's a it's a compartmentalization thing it keeps plans from leaking or from being discovered and people like i was like you know if someone was questioning that about it i was like but that's the thing like if it was like a dude general no one would have questioned that like they would have just been like oh you know he's keeping secrets and playing it close to the best like that's how you do things in, in a military situation Especially one that dire when you think there's a mole. Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just wish she wasn't wearing a freaking gown. The gown? <laughs> like, I would have liked to see her. The gown was we- a weird choice. Like, Leia is also wearing gowns, which is another That's an old Star choice. Wars like, thing, though. Because in Rogue One, that short-haired lady who's there has a gown, too. Like, it's just a thing they do. But, like, you have, like, all the other women. Like, they're, you talk about it's, it's a military. Like, they have to be ready to move. They have to be ready to kind of skirmish even like officers and so it's a it's a weird choice to me that to put like some of those women in like gowns and i like i wish they worked because it's just it's a weird choice it feels like star wars dresses people in weird ways like it 
it borders between like it's one of the few space opera movies I could think of where there's actually outfits that you could just wear like you could dress like Han Solo and take off the holsters and you'd be okay in public you could dress like Finn or Poe and be okay in public but some characters never dress like regular people fucking Luke's wearing pajamas for the first movie uh I don't know what he wears he wears like a like a priest outfit in Empire and then he kind of keeps that same priest outfit for the third for return but I don't know. It's just like one of those weird things. Like they try to make it, they try to make it fantasy in some ways, but not others. Well, it was, it was clearly a visual choice, but it was one that didn't work with the story or the context for me. Yeah. So like that took me out of it a little. It seemed like I was like wondering why does Holdo have purple hair? Like no one else in the Star Wars universe, as crazy as some of the stuff has been, no one else has had purple or weirdly colored hair. And, and, you know, it's funny because I was going to say, that, like, one of the things is I haven't really experienced anybody talking to me directly about the movie besides, like, a few people just in passing me, like, oh, yeah, I saw it, it was great. And, like, that's just been kind of the reaction I've got from people around it. And I think that one of the one of the problems a movie like this has is that things like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb don't attract, like, casual reviews. Like, you're not really encouraged to go on IMDb or... Well, if you're reviewing a movie, you're more than casual. Exactly. Like, and unless you're just unless you're giving a thumbs up, thumbs down, meh, like, or a letter grade only, like, you're more than a casual viewer. Like, someone was talking about, like, Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I was like, I've never voted in a Rotten Tomatoes poll. I've never done it. Like, I just, I've looked at the site for years, and I have an account on it. I just don't vote. And it's not because I don't feel like I should. It's just that I don't think about that. Like, it's like some movies probably definitely deserve to be hated on, but I just don't think about it. And, you know, there's also a lot going into whether I like a movie or not. Like, I might like something, but not really like it. Like, you know, like Blade Trinity. Like, it's not a good movie, but I enjoyed watching it because it was fun and silly. Right. And, and those are ones that's hard to grade because you can't, like, say, oh, this is top quality. Yeah. But you would be like, well, this is enjoyable. I mean, yeah, like, you know, The Room. The Room was enjoyable-ish in a way, but not in the way that they want me to say it was. Not the way it's intended. Yeah, it's not It's not <laughs> viewing as intended. If you view The Room as a drama, you were have a bad time. If you view The Room as, like, a terrible, like, mess of a movie that's barely a film, it'll be fun again. And... I think that's the problem with Rotten Tomatoes. That some people, some some of the reviews that I see, even the good ones, don't really shine as good because someone writes a review and then they they write all this like it's what Grace did to Thor Ragnarok. Like Grace, like goes, I like the movie, and then bitches about it for thirty minutes. You're like, wait, what did well, you like? That's part of what I, part of the reason I like Grace's reviews are because she does acknowledge the enjoyability of things as well as discussing like its quality as a film. And, she, like, even if it's something that she thinks has problems, like, quality-wise, she'll just be like, yeah, you should still go see it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. And so that's part of why I like her reviews, because she acknowledges, she acknowledges a lot of facets about movies, about whether they're enjoyable, whether it's good quality, like, the business side of things. It just feels like some movies get that, that like, laying into that don't deserve it, and other movies just don't get it. Like, I still don't understand her defending Batman v Superman, because it, it, that is the most indefensible film I think I've ever seen, because it, it's too long to be that bad. Like, something can be bad or long. It can't be both. Like, it can't be bad and almost three hours. I don't know. I felt 
I did feel that Star Wars The Last Jedi was too long. Um, I don't know what I would have cut, but I felt like it was too long. I mean, they, they could have cut that casino shit out. Like, honestly, that's the only part of me that drags. And even that didn't drag so hard. I like parts of yeah. it because I liked the, like, the concept of the place. Um, and it was important to, like, the Rose stuff, but... I don't like Rose. And I feel like people will get, get mad at me, but I just... I wasn't really on board for that character, and I felt like... I liked her until they made her a love interest for Finn. Is she, though? Because people were saying she's not. People were like, oh, it was just, like, a friendly kiss. I'm like, what are you talking about? She kissed about? him, like, with, like, her, like, what she thought was, like, her last motion. <laughs> what a, what a, like... <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. I was, I was listening to this podcast called uh, Strong Female Characters. And they were talking about why people want Finn and Poe together. And one of their excuses was that when Finn goes to give the jacket back to Poe, Poe says, keep it. And he licks his lips. And they're just like, I think Oscar Isaac flirts with everybody. And that's the problem. But it was, it's funny. Like, I'm not even like, gonna, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, yeah, every relationship should be gay for some reason in all fiction. But at the same time, I feel like he and Finn have more chemistry than he and rose do i never got that vibe from them and it felt really tacked well, that's on. my point like i think it was a detriment to her character like she was an interesting character up until she decided to kiss him and then i was like great this again <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah one of those well i mean like that's the thing is because it felt like he kind of liked ray but not really like it, was, it wasn't clear before and then with him and Ray, the way I put it down to, that was both of their first experiences really, like, talking to other people. Yeah, and then, like, then there's, like, the Ray and Ren stuff, like, that's clearly, like, Ren's, like, totally trying to get in her pants. Like, that's what's going on there. Oh, yeah. He's, like, whole, she's, like, put, like, can you put your shirt on? And he just, like, they have, they do have a lot of chemistry, like, especially even just over, like, their mind connection. <laughs> their mind Skyping. Like, I, I just, I love Adam Driver because he seems so weird. <laughs> Like Oh, you haven't seen Girls, have I've you? I've seen season one of Girls and like half of season two. I mean, his character continues to be just fucking is weird. Is he but is it <laughs> like it is Kylo Ren just Adam Driver or is this like a character they wrote? Like is he just like this? Like is like I mean mumbling soft spokenness and I think that's his style of acting. <laughs> it's so great. And you know what? He doesn't feel like Leia or or uh, Solo at all. Like, he doesn't feel like they're kids. No, he doesn't. He feels like just some other... Also, considering Leia has, like, no emotions about, like, Luke almost killing him. <laughs> Leia is like, yeah, put my fucking son down. He's, like, lost. I'm like, whoa, you were the worst mom ever. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like, no wonder he hates his parents. Like... I mean, does he? He didn't shoot his mom. Like, he knew she was there and didn't I know, but he did kill his dad. He so, totally like, killed his dad. he clearly had some pent-up rage. But I mean, like, so. if you were him and you were going to kill one of your parents and it was those two, you would kill You'd kill Han Solo. Like, I, I guarantee you Han Solo is the the worst of the two. For, for one, he seems to have just left your mom. Like, that's what it looks like happened. They don't really explain that shit at all. And Right, but I mean, like, that's what I mean. He clearly hates his parents. <laughs> so it's just, it's it's a weird thing that they never explain which maybe they'll explain it in the third one who knows yeah i mean i i think people are are banking too much on explanations for stuff like the knights of ren stuff people were upset by that and i was like but i don't really need like not everything needs to be spelled out for me i get it he took some people with him and they were all dicks like him i mean 
if we waste too much time on the next movie with her just like fighting through these like mini bosses to get to him, there'll need to be a fourth movie. Right. That doesn't like that doesn't need anything, but like I think it it would serve the story better to explain like what his relationship with his parents is like. I and mean, he killed his dad, like who was the most popular character. <laughs> they should they should just make it four movies because at this point they're either gonna have to make a long ass third movie or they're gonna have to cut some of this shit that they they built up to. Like, I get why they didn't have Knights of Ren in this movie, but I don't know how they're going to resolve that and not make another movie unless they're talking about, like, a split movie thing or something of that nature. Because... Well, they also need to explain, like, how Snoke, like, influenced him. I like Snoke's (laughs) death the best. who the hell was Snoke? (laughs) He had a good death, but, like, who the hell was he? I mean, who cares? Like, that's the thing. Like, there was all these, like, debates about he was this person or he's secretly this i don't i don't care necessarily about, like exactly about where he came from but like how did he get like influence on ben solo like that's what I. my only know. question about him is like how did he get influence over the empire or what the remnants of whatever that is like the empire remnant because it's funny that you know they're talking about a resistance but for all intents and purposes the the government should have been taken back from the empire at the end of the last movies. And they should be, if anything, mopping up, you know, like dissidents, not fighting the same war again. And I thought they explained it briefly in the force awakens as, um, the first order came to supposedly get rid of the empire. And then it ended up being worse than the empire. Yeah. And they also, they also kind of, gloss over the fact that the for, the first order destroys like five um planets that are the government planets so i guess that they don't have any backup from like but it just it feels like they had to reset things back to being like dire again because what the books basically do when when they were canon was they continue this story of the new republic and they've got control of the government back. And if there is any empire, it's fringe groups and they're kind of split and they're still fighting the war, but it's not nearly as like one sided anymore. And I guess, right. It's, it's small scale dire, not like large scale. Yeah. It makes more sense to bring it back to this just because of the fact that like one, it, 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 you know, at the end of the book, at the end of the movies, you could feel like, oh, it's a happy ending. Like, they defeated the bad guy. But, like, that's not how wars work. Like, you know, conflict breeds new conflict later. And they end up fighting the same war they were fighting before, you know, just 30 years later. Because it wasn't a clean victory, you know? I don't know. I don't know that Star Wars goes that in-depth into, like, the reasonings of war, though. Like, I think... It's still a blockbuster movie. You gotta, so. I don't know, like, you need to watch the prequels over because most of what the prequels are doing is just, like, government mumble jump. It's like watching C-SPAN with, like, sword fights every now and then. Like, if, Why do I need to rewatch the prequels? I don't want what, to. What I'm saying is that, like, that's what they're doing is that, like, it's basically like watching C-SPAN with a sword fight every 40 minutes because like, it's just all, like, trade negotiations and power brokering and bullshit like that. So they, they clearly have an understanding of those things. It's just not fun to watch them talk about it because George Lucas can't write fucking politics. It's not. I mean, it's not West Wing, right? And I get that, but I mean, I'm I'm still saying that, like, in general, like they're not doing a great job of making that the plot. I thought you were going to say, "Well, I need to watch the prequels again." I'm like, I'm not telling you to watch them. I'm just saying. 
You just did. But I mean, I'm not telling you <laughs> to really watch them. Like, no one needs to really see those movies. Like, it's a bad idea. Like, I can't. Like, there are things that I liked about them. Like, I love Natalie Portman. So, see, I she's great. I, I don't. I don't. But I don't like anyone. I can't acting. stand. I hate Hayden Christensen. He's so. I terrible. hate the whole Anakin character. Like, I just can't can't deal with them. Like, my dad was watching them. Why was he doing ago, that? Because <laughs> they were on TV. <laughs> You know what's really funny was that someone online tried to make the argument that they were better than the new movies, and I was like, hold on, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'd rather watch the Christmas special again than watch the prequels. Well, that might be born out of something that Mark Hamill said in an interview that, like, Disney PR made him walk back. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know what he said in the interview, but people... He said the prequels had more creativity in them than this new trilogy. I don't think so. The prequels are, are largely about, like, doubling... Regardless, he said it, and B- Disney kind of made him, like... They, like, they removed him from, like, all press stuff for a little bit. I mean, like, I don't know what he's even talking about. The prequels are very derivative of the... Like, they, they do that same thing that all prequels try to do that pisses me off, where they, they spend all their time explaining every little detail of the world you know instead of just expanding upon it or making you understand the characters better. Like... They have to show you how this person got X or show you where this piece of clothing came from or where this character, you know, came from. And it's... Well, they also... The prequels, though, they, they really fucked up the continuity of a lot oh, of yeah, things. Oh, yeah. They, they, they ignore, yeah. like... For one, if you watch, like, A New Hope without even thinking about the prequels, it starts off being, like, almost... Like, the Jedi have been gone for longer than 30 years. And, like, they're, you know... Un, they're, like, almost mystical and they don't even believe in them anymore. Like... People talk to Vader. Well, like, one of the lines that I remember is that Leia talks about how she knew her mother for a few years. Yeah. And you're like, how does she know her mother if she was like, her mom died on the fucking, you know, table when she had her? Because she was sad. <laughs> she died of a broken heart. And then, um, or, or even just the time scale. Like, the prequels try to keep Anakin as a likable person up until the very end but they also don't know how to write him as a likable person or a villain because they could have made him a villain that you felt felt bad for or felt like yeah he's turning evil but i also still like root for him that hopefully he'll figure this out but you know he won't and like so by the second movie you know well by the first movie you know where this is going by the second movie they start to show oh like he killed those sand people yeah but everybody kills sand people like that's not an evil thing to do in this world apparently and then in the third movie, he goes from telling Mace Windu, oh, man, the Jedi need to get their shit straight. They're lying to people. And then eight minutes later on film, he's cutting down children. So it's like, what kind of uneven bullshit is this? Well, he's also, they write him as very childish. Oh, my God. Particularly in the second movie. He's so bad. Um, he's like, the way that he acts with Padme is always the worst for me. He's like, but just- I love you. It's like, oh, shut up, Padme. Like, dude, you are... Right, well, and, like, even even in the opening of, like, the second movie, like, when he meets Padme again, like, and he's like, she wasn't even thinking about me all these years. I thought about her every day. And he's like, I'm like, you're a Jedi. You're not even supposed to, like, even be having those thoughts. And then, and then better than that, like, he's talking, there's one part, I want to say it's in the second movie, and she's like, I don't like when you look at me that way. I'm like, this is really creepy. <laughs> like, this is really upsetting. I, yeah, oh, I remember that one. <laughs> I was like, this is deeply upsetting. Like. And he's just like, like I can... Like, it's one thing that he's younger than her, but, like, he's still such a child. Yeah. And he continues to be a child, even when he becomes Darth Vader. Like, his no is just, like, a 
Temper What's him. dumb about it is that you feel like he should have been the opposite. Like when they found him, he was a slave and shit. You'd think he would have grown up faster, but no, they treat him like a fucking like a child until he's twenty something. And you know, Obi Wan and and Yoda and them just kind of like let him just do whatever, like. Apparently, no Jedi's have any kind of force sensitivity because no one sees anything coming. Like, they get betrayed by those clone troopers, and like, Jedi look incompetent. Like, they can't cut down like regular blasters. When I've seen like one Jedi in the past, like, just ruin like 50 troops, but suddenly like three troops are there and you get shot in the back because you're, I don't know, the worst Jedi in history. And I don't know, the, the, they're so uneven, and the Medichlorians thing pisses me off. And everybody's casting except for like Ewan McGregor pisses me off. They kill Darth Maul in one movie for no reason. And they don't make it an interesting death. It's just kind of like, he's there. He doesn't really say anything. And he's My God brother asked me the other day. He, he asked me, is Darth Maul supposed to be important? Nope. He was only in the one movie, but he's in all the video games. <laughs> Darth Maul, like he looked cool and had a cool lightsaber gimmick. That was his whole thing. But like up leading up to that. And I was like, I was like, Adam, it's it's marketing. They're going to use his image for everything they can to make money. Yeah, leading up to that first movie, he was like the big talk. Like Everybody was like, oh man, he's going to be the new Darth Vader. Nope. He's going to be the new cannon fodder. He gets, he's the mini-boss. He's a bad mini-boss who gets beat by like an angry Obi-Wan. Doesn't even speak. I don't think he's... He says one line, doesn't he? He's like, he speaks like Boba Fett-wise. Like Boba Fett says like two lines in one movie and everybody like freaks out. I don't remember Darth Maul ever speaking, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett like says stuff occasionally to, I think Vader in in Empire, and that's about it. And people like it's funny because some of these characters like people have these like vivid memories of them, and I'm like, but they don't do very much. Like someone was complaining about about um, Akbar not getting like this long death scene. I was like, but Akbar says like ten lines over the course of three movies, and he's a really background character who has a famous line that everybody now memes and makes fun of. It's a, yeah, it's But a meme. he's not he's... important to the story in the way... It, he's not important to the if emotional... If he didn't have a meme, he probably wouldn't have even been in the new movies. Like. Yeah, I mean, and he's not important to the emotional weight of the story. Like, it's just... It's one of those things, like, you know, it wouldn't be memorable if it wasn't a meme and it wasn't this, like, long joke or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I know the prequels also do this... They don't feel, like the same universe of Star Wars. Like, to me, they are Star Wars because, like, they are, they are Star Wars, but, like, they're a different kind of Star Wars. It, it's funny how, how... It's, like, a very different, like, setup. Like, you've got, like, these space cities and stuff like Coruscant and stuff, like, that don't feel like anything like what you would have had in, like, the original or even the new trilogy. Because uh, I think this new trilogy has tried to bridge the gap between the two to make them both work. I think that you could chalk some of that up to a lot of that being empire controlled, but it also kind of begs the question about how evil the empire is to the people in it. Because like, you know, if you're fighting a resistance against any government that's ruthless, like ruthless enough like that, it looks evil to you. But to the people living on Coruscant, they don't really know any of that. They're just living. Yeah, there's, there's rebels, but the rebels aren't affecting their day-to-day lives, and they aren't affecting the day-to-day lives of the rebels, and the empire to them is just a government. And so it makes it seem less cut and dry, and I almost don't like that as much because it was because like the, the original movies are kind of like Lord of the Rings. like They're very mystical and magical and good versus evil. Well, it's because the originals are definitely 
a fantasy set in space. Yeah. Whereas the prequels are. Like are the West Wing? Sci-fi. The West Wing set in politics. space. Politics. <laughs> not even West Wing. It's just like sci-fi politics. Like not a fantasy movie. Like. Yeah, I, I didn't like that change. I, I mean, we have enough. Well, we don't have enough, but we have we have hard sci-fi out there for that. We have Star Trek, which is harder sci-fi. And then it's also they didn't take into account like, which is one thing that I do appreciate about the new trilogy, particularly is that they embrace some like how the technology looked in the original. Yeah, movies. stuff looks so fucking lived in. I love it. I love the fucking. Like, whereas like in the, in the in the prequels, like everything just looks like so shiny and round and new, which is not at all how it looked. You know what was supposed to be later. I, what I love the most, <laughs> I love the fucking download screen from Rogue One when she's like uploading the the tapes. They're, they're fucking tape drives, number one. But it's like it's like this analog, like Tiger Electronics, like just like little pre-made bumps for the download. I have a question for you. Speaking of which, because I, I just said Star Trek and it made me think of this, and I'm, I know the answer already because I don't expect this to go. I don't expect you to feel any way different than what I expect out of you for this. But do you like Quentin Tarantino? Depends. Actually, that's better than I expected. I expected you to be more or less like, I hate him. I like some of his stuff. I don't like other stuff. I mean, I, I, I actually haven't seen a ton because like, I'm not like super jonesed about him. And like, it seems like to like a lot of people are. And I just, I just kind of stay away from that. Well, I mean... <laughs> You don't like movies about drugs and like gangster type things, from what I remember. Yeah, that's and not so my thing. And so Tarantino does a little bit of that. But I really do like the first Kill Bill. I do too. I don't that like Kill I think Bill too. Beautiful movie. I don't like Kill Bill too. I don't either. And I like I like I I like Reservoir Dogs for what it is. It definitely has some parts that, that are really visceral and memorable, but it also has a lot of stuff that isn't memorable. And then, you know, everybody's seen Pulp Fiction. I like Pulp Fiction too. I, I saw Pulp Fiction, but I was, like, a young teenager when I saw it, so I don't think I really understood it. I mean, it's you for like it's one of those things that I would not make a bet on how you're going to feel about it. You might love it. You might hate it. I don't love it. I remember not really being thrilled about it, but I also, like, I was, like, 13 or 14, so I might not have really, like, I I, I saw it. it the same. It's funny that we're not the same age now, but I saw it at the same age you saw it. And I remember my reaction to it was confusion more than anything because I didn't get that it was out of order. Because in my head, like, stories had to be told in order unless there was a flashback. And so when I figured that part out, I was like, oh, man, this is really crazy that it's out of order. And that's all I could focus on. But now, I I mean, I respect the movie as what it is. Like I like it, but it's not my favorite film or anything close to it. Jackie Brown's the movie everybody forgets about. I like Jackie Brown a lot. I think it's a really good remake and an awkward remake at that. I also didn't really like Django Unchained that much. Django, um, Django and um and Glorious Bastards are weird ones for me because I, I haven't seen Glorious Bastards. It's on my Netflix queue, but I haven't seen those it yet. movies are very. So it's like you sim- need to be in the right mood. It's for very it. similar. Like what it is 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 they're basically like almost like revenge porn. Like they're just they're there to like as a catharsis. And it's funny because Django Unchained, watching it now and watching Glorious Bastards now. They feel more appropriate. Like, if he had made those movies now, it'd feel like a statement. Making them back then was like, okay, we all hate Nazis. No one's trying to defend them. But, <laughs> but watching it going bastards now, you're like, oh, this would get him in fucking trouble. Because, like, you know, we've seen a video game that's always featured Nazis get in trouble. We've seen um, people complain about 
uh, depictions of Nazis in Star Wars, which are not even Nazis. They're just fucking, it's a guy yelling. Maybe they're fascists, but that doesn't make something a Nazi. Those are different things. It's, a, <laughs> it's like communists and socialism. They're not the same thing exactly. They're, it's a degree of things. And then, like, people complain about, like, if they see Nazis somewhere being mistreated, quote-unquote, they get upset. And so, I mean, Inglorious Bastards is two solid hours of visceral mistreatment of Nazis. So I could see it going over really badly for a lot of people, but really great for a lot of people too. And I, I would say watch it like like I think, I think that Tarantino is a very talented director for what he wants to do. He's very good about like creating his vision, which is I think something that a lot of directors aren't. Well, great let at. me stop. Like they're good at making good, uh, decent movies, but like they're not necessarily good at like having their own vision. Let me stop you right there because that's what I, that's why I brought him up. He's directing the new Star Wars Star Trek movie, and yes, it's I a know. rated R movie. And I think Abrams is still helping with it. Currently, it's a rated R movie. <laughs> I think it's going to keep it because once Deadpool two comes out and that's rated R, I think that there's money to be made with rated R. The thing is, like, I think we'll have to see how far along in production this gets. Like, it's got a release date. It sounds and a script now but i mean you can still pull it like i would like to see it get to like pre-production before i start like cycling on it a lot because yeah a lot can change my question is what is it is it a movie that's continuing this the series we have right now because from what i heard that movie is supposed to be featuring um hemsworth again as uh kirk's father or is this a new thing because Either way, I'm excited about it, but what I'm most excited about is their take on it is a time travel story from what they've said. Like, they're going to set it in the 60s, you know, 1960s, obviously, and it's about the uh, Manson killings, and it, I was like, whoa, what is, like, what is this storyline? And they're trying to go low budget because they think low budget um, will help them. You're, you're confusing two movies. Really? Tarantino's doing a Manson oh, a separate project. I read this article that made it seem like the same movie. No. <laughs> I was like, what the no. fuck is happening? I'm super That's, stoked for this. Tarantino's next movie is a Manson movie. Okay. I'm, well, I'm glad you explained that to me on a podcast that's recorded. That's really embarrassing. But no, like, it's... <laughs> I was. I'm not going to cut it out. It, it was super hilarious, though, because I was like, this is going to be some fucking crazy shit. They travel back in time and stop Charles Manson? Like, what is going on? I mean, now that I know no, it's not no, just... two separate huh? movies. Two separate films. Two separate films. Okay, then. Well, I'm still excited about him doing it, <laughs> because I'm excited to see what a rated-R Star Trek looks like. Because Star Trek has always flirted with being more, quote-unquote, like, adult, but it's done it in weird ways. Like when uh, when Next Generation came out, it was seen as the more boring, like less manly show. Like people were always complaining about how Picard was too diplomatic. Picard acts like an adult, though. Like let's be honest, Kirk is a fucking child with a spaceship because Picard is the only Picard and Cisco are the only commanders in those shows who I would want to serve on their ship because you know. Janeway's blowing that ship up if there's any trouble. She will pull the fucking self-destructs. And Kirk is a little bit too unpredictable, and he might get space aids. But, you know, like, Picard and Cisco are, like, a nice middle ground where they, like, function like real commanders. And there's some stuff in Next Generation that's very weirdly adult, but, like, you're like, I don't know if this is, like, too adult for children or if it's just, just weird, too weird for children. Like when um, Dr. Crusher has sex with a ghost. 
which is a thing that happens. What? You don't know about that? Oh, my God. I don't. Let me explain it. Sorry, I put it in my mouth. Let me explain <laughs> the story to you. So, there's an episode of Next Generation. I want to say it's like season four or five. Uh, maybe a little earlier than that. But uh, Dr. Crusher gets like some amulet or some shit from her grandmother. And her grandmother is Scottish or Irish or something. And she goes back to like a very old style looking Scotland or Ireland to live in this little cabin. And the amulet's haunted with a ghost of some dude. And then she like fucks this ghost. But you can't see it because it's a ghost. You just see her like moaning and stuff. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And this is on Star Trek. And then like I think her grandmother's ghost comes. I don't remember that well. Like I'm, I'm remembering a thing. Ah. I'm remembering a thing. Well, no. the grand- There were two separate ghosts. Like the grandmother's ghost is trying to use that other guy's ghost to like bone down on her granddaughter so she can like take over her granddaughter's body or i don't like possess her it was weird as fuck and there's a lot of weird shit that happens in next generation that you just didn't expect to happen but that's one of the like more take the cake moments where you're just like oh shit this is very creepy i mean it it all makes sense to me like tarantino and jj abrams are really good friends so Oh yeah, Tarantino was on Alias back in the day. Oh, he cannot act that well. He's he's so weird and he's so weird in movies when he's in there. But I was gonna. Oh yeah, he he was on the first like first or second season. But when um when when um J, when when not J D Abrams when George uh, Gene Roddenberry died in the nineties was when Voyager kind of got that uptick and became a big thing. And Voyager was the show that started getting like the sexier Star Trek stuff happening, like. Seven of Nine's outfits and just like a lot of the shit they were doing on Voyager was like very much like, oh, we're trying to be more steamy. And like since then, the show hasn't really ever done that again. Like, I guess they kind of did it with Enterprise. Enterprise kind of sucks anyway. So and then they did it in the movies like they introduced that that um, that doctor character in the second movie who just like strips naked for no reason in front of Kirk. And. Yep, she vanishes, too. She vanishes. Like, <laughs> like, they just totally got rid of her. I mean, like, but that's, like, how Kirk's relationships kind of go, isn't it? Like, he just kind of, like, he's like a irresponsible space dad, and he just bounces. And, like, I think that just making things, like, sexual without making them, like, just, like, rated R doesn't have to just mean, like, nudity or something. But it also doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, like, silly violence. Because, like, that's my problem with Logan, and I know that you and I both are kind of similar on Logan, but I'm, not, like, I'm not a big Logan fan. Like, I wasn't, like, people were like, oh, Logan changed the superhero game. No, it didn't. It's just a worse version of Deadpool. Like, Deadpool felt on tone. Logan doesn't. Like. Logan was very, very boring. It was just another X-Men movie. Like, I was telling, I was telling my, uh, my friend, my best friend PJ that, like, you know. I have a problem with how people jump in X-Men movies. Like, people don't seem to jump, like, at a realistic jumping angle. Even if they have powers to jump further, (laughs) they jump straight. Like, as if you jump up and then you just fly horizontally over the ground. And they've always done it with Wolverine. Like, he'll jump into people and it looks so fake and goofy. And so to do that in a movie that you're calling, like, rated R and, like, a Western or whatever, just makes it feel silly. Like, it feels off-tone. And, like, just other things happen that are off-tone. That girl not talking for 40% of the movie. Um, all the cursing that uh, that Captain Picard, <laughs> that Professor X does. 
feels out of place because he's never even shown a desire to curse before. And he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would curse like that. And so to have him just say a curse word when he's not in pain or not scared didn't make sense. And, um, I don't, I don't, I have like, I have a like kind of dislike of the X-Men disrespect for their own canon. Like they will cast two actors in the same role on in in the same year for two different films and it doesn't make any sense um what are you thinking of the pale bald guy from logan is also in apocalypse the same character they could have used the same actor but they don't and when asked about it they say that they didn't realize it was going on like the directors didn't know that the two movies had the same character and i'm like that is a breakdown of communication in your company you like that's a big yeah, problem. I was like, there are 15 fucking Marvel movies. Not that he was even important in Logan, but whatever. He's not important in either one of the movies, but that's not the point. Like, there's a, like, that's continuity. Like, if it were, if, if this mm-hmm. were the old X-Men trilogy versus now, I could, I could totally understand why they recast that part. But for you to take an actor in the same exact year in two different movies and cast that part two different ways. And then my thing was that, like, you know, there are, what, 15 Marvel movies now? 14? And we're at a point now where you could not tell me the director of the Russo brothers don't know what characters are in Black Panther. They don't, that, that wouldn't fly with me. There's no way they don't know what's going on in that movie because they're directing Civil, um, not Civil War, they're directing Infinity War. They have to know what's going on. But that's how Fox. But I mean, they also have a Kevin Feige. Yeah, no one, no one has a Kevin Feige. Like, we need a Kevin Feige somewhere else. We need one at DC and they need one at, at um, Fox. Mm-hmm. Well, Fox has one now because they have Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, they're going to have Kevin Feige soon. Well, we'll see if the deal goes through. I'm pretty it might sure not. it will go through. Like, this government's not... I'm pretty sure it might not, so we'll see how this, it goes. This government's not going to start busting up, like, big companies. Like, they're just letting people buy anything at this point. But, um... We'll see. We'll have to wait a year. Like, the, the whole thing about, like... That's the problem with DC's movies is that there's too much micromanaging from the corporate side and there's no one to channel all the ideas into a good idea like kevin feige you know kind of manages the day-to-day things at marvel studios and the directors have power over their movies to a degree and like Zack snyder was supposed to be both the lead director and kevin feige and it just didn't work like he's not he's not that person like he's not he's not really a very good director either like like, they wanted Nolan to do it. They really wanted Nolan. And he was not going to do it. He wasn't going to tie himself to a fucking universe for a decade. Well, and Nolan also sees himself as an independent filmmaker as well. So, like... Nolan... Nolan makes... So he was okay doing the Dark Knight trilogy because that's kind of... The style of it got to be kind of a little fringe for superhero. Like, where it got to be dark and kind of gritty. Yeah, I think that that, I I feel like I like those movies a lot, but I feel like they kind of ruined all the DC movies to come after that because that's what we've Uh gotten from them since then is that, like, they made made Watchmen and they made the Dark Knight trilogy, and now all they can think is that if it's not, like, high contrast, dark, scary, creepy shit, that it won't work. And I'm I'm just like, that's not how it has to be. And, like... Like, DC generally does have a darker tone than Marvel does. I think it depends on the comic, though. Like partic- it does, and it, it, but like color palette wise, it's usually kind of darker in general. But yeah, 
And it's fine for them to set themselves up that way, but they that wasn't the right way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was that and it was a backlash against um Green Lantern, which was bad not because it was jokey, but because it was badly written and, you know, just it didn't work. And it honestly didn't work. I think Green Lantern didn't work, but it didn't work as it's not as bad as like Suicide Squad. Like it just doesn't work that well. It's not It's funny because like I don't think Green Lantern is a hero that can support his own movie currently. Really? Like, I don't think enough people are familiar with him. Like, casual fans, I don't think they're as familiar with him as they are with, like, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. I think you have to just cast someone who can carry their own movie by themselves and make them Green Lantern. Well, Ryan Reynolds can do that, Oh, no, I'm not saying he can't. What I'm saying is that you have to cast that person and then write a good film. But, like, if, if Green Lantern came out right now in this DC universe as it was back then it'd be like the third or second best movie well the thing is like they really should have had Green Lantern in Justice League like Cyclops should not have been part of the Justice League he's a teen titan well <laughs> like I liked what they did with Cyclops you mean, you mean Cyclops, Cyborg you said Cyclops I was like oh, wrong one. yeah <laughs> I meant Cyborg both times but like he just he shouldn't have been there yeah, I feel like they just like, oh, we want a black guy. Well, then get the Black Green Lantern. That's a, That exists. Right, already. that's what it was. It's like, we're going to replace this black guy with another well, then black guy. Get a black guy. guy that can fly and shoot fucking magic green shit out of his ring and make stuff up. Because that's like a way cooler, more relevant power. And it makes more sense for him to be but, here for a cosmic threat like they deal with. Right. I was going to ask you, um, what was I going to say? Because you just said, oh, do you like Cyclops and the X-Men? No. <laughs> no one likes Cyclops? <laughs> I think he's really boring, you ever, and I think he's very full of did himself. Did you read younger Cyclops stuff? Any like the newer shit where Cyclops was like a, a teen again? No, the last, the most recent X Men stuff I've read was kind of the stuff that came a little bit after X Avengers versus X Men. Okay, so right, right where before you had the young Jean showing up and what? Well, it's like where like Cyclops was in charge and like. Young Gene showed oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's, and... that's what I'm talking about. Because Young Cyclops is there too, and he's more bearable than his older self, only because Gene shows him like what's going to happen if he ends up like this. Oh, guy. well, the part I had read hadn't gone to Young Cyclops being there. It was just Young Gene there. Really? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're talking about different stuff. Because there's there's a part where later on, like the the original X Men team, Beast and all of them from their first year come back, and. I think that might have been about where I stopped. Yeah. And but originally it was just Jean and it was like causing strife for Emma and Scott. Okay, so no, this is different. I did now it's funny though because there is a there's an Emma Frost scene with with Scott that's really funny because like not really funny, but just really pertinent because Jean is like 16 and she's in her room and he's in there talking to her alone. And Emma comes in and opens the door because she hears his voice. And she stands, she opens the door and just stands in the doorway and doesn't say anything. And so when he comes out, she asks Jean, is she okay? And like speaks to her for a second and comes outside in the hallway. And she like grabs Scott and she's like, don't you ever go in there with her alone again. Like, or wait, what? That sounds very familiar. So maybe that is part yeah, of he's what like, I She's like, but... why are you talking to her alone? Like, don't even be alone with young Jean. And I was like, damn. And I was like, Cyclops is just getting it from everybody because they just give him shit constantly. And, um. Well, he's just, he's a character that's just, it's he's very holier than thou. He's a douchebag. But he doesn't, 
You're right. He doesn't really have a reason to be because he makes a lot of really bad mistakes when he's leader. Like, he doesn't take into account other people's opinions. He's just, he's, it's he's so, got a stick up his so ass. It's so funny, though, because he's the <laughs> leader and he's always there and shit. But people were like, every time you ask him about Cyclops, they're like, oh, fuck Cyclops. They're like, he's such a Debbie Downer. And he's like, so, it's funny because in the new movie, Apocalypse, they just kind of erase his entire personality. Like, he's just not that person anymore. But even in the old trilogy of the movies, he was, he was like that. He was very, like snippy with Wolverine. The thing he had going for him in the old movies was that he was played by James Marsden. <laughs> so then you could like him because he was well, hot. Well, James Marsden also felt very Cyclops to me. Like, he felt like that's what Cyclops would look he like. He did. And honestly, though, that's, that's one thing I say about those first movies was that they were pretty well cast for the time. Like, back then you could... Oh, I, I agree. You couldn't have gotten a better cast for those movies back then. Well, especially once they got to the point where they had, you know, Ellen Page as Kitty Pride. Like, that oh, was I perfect I love Ellen casting. Page as Kitty Pride. That was, like, the first time I was like, oh, who is this girl? This is really awesome. Like, I like her a lot. And then, like, I... Like, I mean, they, they, they fucked up, like... Because they had different Kitty Pride every movie. But, yeah. like, they, ha- they fucked up, like, a lot of that stuff in general. But... Casting-wise, it did a pretty good job. And, and it's funny, though, because, like, you're you're talking about, like, Emma Frost, too. Emma Frost is actually not very well well represented in those movies, but Emma Frost in the comics is always kind of baffling to me because I, I remember her being evil. When I was a kid, she was, like, a bad guy. And then, of course, no one in X-Men stays bad because, like, they're kind of, they're bad as kind of nebulous. It's like you have people that are sort of terrorists and then people that are just kind of mutants. And so, like... She's she's quote unquote good now, and she has daughters? Question mark Like the the uh, cuckoos. She's got the cuckoos. They're not her her daughters. They're kind of she's adopted. Them I kind of love the cuckoos because it's a crazy fucking concept. They like all have one hive mind together, and like I, that's really cool as shit to me. Like I like that a lot. I actually really liked the Emma Frost casting in First Class because I think January Jones is really good at like being the icy blonde. Yeah, I just felt like they didn't do enough with Emma Frost. Well, First Class is a really bizarre setup anyway. It's a good movie, but it's not the best X-Men movie. No, it's just, it's a weird setup. And then what I, I, because they, they've connected the old X-Men movies to these They've made ones, a mess is what you're talking about. But they've about. also, they have because like they changed Scott's younger brother to be his older brother. That's right, they like, did. Havoc is the younger brother. He's not the, the older one. That's why Scott's so serious. It's because he's the older brother. <laughs> I mean, they have they don't have the benefit of the comic book timeline working for them where they just compress time like Marvel does. And so when they do something in the 60s and say it's the same characters, it gets convoluted because if you're 20 in the 60s, then you're you know 70 now, and it doesn't work as well. They needed to just reboot and reimagine things as they could, but they didn't want to do that. Like, what I was hoping they would do eventually was make an X-Men movie set present day with the original cast of characters from the comic book. You know, Beast, Angel, Cyclops, Gene, Iceman, and Iceman. Professor X. And, and you know, if they need to add one other character in, like maybe add like Storm or some shit to be a second adult there with them. But, like, and, and and don't put Storm and fucking Professor X in some weird relationship, because that's just kind of weird to me, because, I don't know, like, it's just... I mean, they have to, I really like the casting for Moira as Rose Byrne, that's I great. just like Rose Byrne. 
Oh, I love Rose Byrne. I think she's fabulous. So I love her casting as Moira, although she's like much prettier than I pictured her from the yeah. comics. <laughs> but so is everybody so except for fucking Professor X, who looks just like he looks in the comics. Like he looks dead on. <laughs> um, I'm I'm really nervous about the next Phoenix movie because the last one was such a terrible. Film. You mean when you say last one, do you mean Apocalypse or do you mean three? I mean Last Stand. Oh, Last Stand is. You know, it's that is garbage. I, I talk all this shit about people who are who are who are bad on uh, Last Jedi or who try to defend the prequels. I used to defend Last Stand years ago when it like first came out. Why? Well, when it first came out, it felt like they were going for like a different take, and they were going to just wrap it up with that movie. It'd be like, oh, this is the end of the story. There won't be any more of these characters. But then they kept making movies, and then they kept trying to like explain it away and apologize for it. If they had just left it as here's a trilogy of movies, and they're 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 not the X Men you expect. There's no cosmic level shit. The Phoenix is not a cosmic entity. Like this is all just mutant powers, and one power gets way out of hand at the end, and they have to stop her. That would have been okay ish with me. It would have aged badly, but it would have made sense at the time because. Like, you know, you got to remember that back then that superhero movies weren't really like at the place they are now where you can explain. No, I understand that. But the thing is, Phoenix is my favorite character. The (laughs) Phoenix entity? Like just the bird thing that lives inside different people? (laughs) Jean Grey as Phoenix is my favorite. I thought you meant the Phoenix itself, like the entity that can move from. No, that's the Phoenix Force. (laughs) That's a different. You got to add force to that. I just laugh. Phoenix is what Jane is what Jean calls herself when she has the Phoenix voice. Yeah, like the Phoenix of the Crown. And Phoenix and is my favorite character, and that's a hugely important X Men storyline. It is an important storyline, and it is a cool character. Uh, you know, I haven't. And they just they fucked it up so badly, and I'm super nervous because like they like we've only had one movie with Sophie Turner as Jean Grey, and she did fine, but she didn't have that much screen time to really establish herself as Jean. That's the problem with those. But movies, then they already though, rushed. But they they. Like, then they rushed her into being Phoenix already, and I'm like, well, that's the thing. They rushed. I'm like, are you they serious? They rushed everything. Like, <laughs> they have no kind of like ability to wait and just write a storyline that it, that goes to something. It's like we've waited. We've known about Thanos in the Marvel universe now for ten movies, and we've seen him on screen here and there, but it's very sparingly. And he's his storyline is just now, like twenty eighteen, coming to fruition after being established in twenty. I mean, I think you could argue that that's been a little too. Long. I don't think so. I think that I think that it. I think it. I think that you can definitely do it for shorter. But I think that if he had been in Avengers two, it would have felt too rushed. Like I think that from Avengers one to two. No, no, I agree with that. But I think, I mean, it's it's different just because like they didn't initially plan on this. whole huge MCU when they first started like with those Iron Man movies. Yeah. I mean, Infinity... And it's something that gradually came to be. Infinity War was supposed to be earlier than this. It was it was set for like two years ago originally. But I like that it's been this long and I like that it feels like we're building to something. It's just, it has to come off as being good. It can't be bad at this point because it's been so long in the wait. But, right. That's what I mean. Like, I think it's, it's, in, it's approaching to the point where it could be too long. Like, so it has to be good. But it's the same thing with... Or it's else. the same thing with like I have the same problem with um with what do you call it um Spider Man the Spider Man trilogy the Sam Raimi did I don't really like those movies anymore and one of my bigger problems with it is that they like they jam pack too many villains into the movies uh, with with the exception of one one is okay 
But I, I don't like that they try to establish another Green Goblin and do. I, I don't like how they did Doctor Octopus. Like they made him all sympathetic and he's not supposed to be, and they they did it to Sandman again. It just felt like they were trying too hard to make the villains too understandable and too sympathetic. And then they 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 rushed the Venom thing because the studio wanted Venom in there. But also, Sam Raimi didn't seem to care about Venom because he wanted to do Sandman. I'm like, no one wants to fucking see Sandman, dude. Like, if you had been trying to do a hero, another villain that you liked that was, like, pertinent to the story and felt important to everybody else, it'd be one thing. But you just wanted to see Sandman on screen. And, like, if I never saw Sandman on screen, I'd be okay with it because he's lame. Like, he's a lame villain. Well, Spider-Man 3 just had too much going on. Spider-Man 3, has, Spider-Man 3 is a mess, but it's a funny mess. Like, if you watch it again, you're like, oh, this is actually kind of hilarious. But I also... I don't think I've seen it since it came I out. I saw it again like uh, May or so. And then the other thing that, um, that bothers me about it is the treatment of, like, the female characters gets kind of, like, ridiculous at a certain point because none of them have any, like, real jobs or, like, not real jobs, but none of them are anything but, like, actresses or models or singers. Like, Gwen Stacy could have been something different, but she's just a model. And, like, they establish other girls that Peter kind of likes, but they kind of, like, just gloss over them. And I don't really like Mary Jane because Mary Jane's kind of a terrible person in those books. And... In those books, in those movies, and she's kind of terrible in the comic book sometimes too. But like, she kind of makes up for it by being there longer and having more reason to be terrible because Peter is kind of also bad at like just fucking functioning as an adult. And so, it makes more sense there. But in the movies, she just seems whiny. Like, and then Peter seems stupid by comparison because he does stupid shit. Like, I don't know in what universe you're you're specifically dating this woman. And it'd be okay for you to go on stage in front of her and the whole city and kiss another person. Like, what are you doing right now? Like, what the fuck is your problem? And you're like, I'm going to ask her to marry me. Well, why are you doing this? And, like, that was a, a moment the movie wanted us to believe that he would, one, risk, and that, two, you know, he would think made sense. It was just like they were trying to make some reason for there to be drama for something. Now, you don't probably remember any of that, huh? You haven't seen it in years. No, I haven't seen the third one since it was in theaters. That was 2008, right? Six? I don't know. 2007, 2008. Yeah, I was like, man, that's a long time not to see it. I mean, it's not really worth watching. I skipped school to go Did see you? it. Did you? Oh, look at Bad Laura over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, because my best friend was really into it. And she always saw them on opening day, so we went. I remember, I remember that, like, I remember liking Spider-Man as a child when the TV show was on, like the cartoon. And then I remember when we were, like, you know, older. Like, I was in high school, I guess, and the second one came out. And I remember, like, people that I didn't expect to like Spider-Man were, like, enjoying it. And that was, like, the first hint of that, oh, these things can be cool for everybody sort of thing. And Well, I mean, I think Spider-Man is fairly universally liked in general. Yeah, but I think after those movies, it was kind of, like... It's kind of like how Captain America is I now. Mean, like, Captain America now is not, like... I knew of Captain America as a kid, but I did not know anything about what he was. I know, like, everybody understands what the fuck Captain America is now. And, you know, it's funny, because, like, when I mentioned it to my dad, like, my dad remembers, like, old Captain America, like, weird 50s Captain America after they got rid of Rogers and then replaced him with the other guy. 
And just like my dad remembers Green Arrow, which was funny to me. He remembers like old Oliver Queen, who probably fought a bunch of like spear waving natives on an island or some shit that was real racist. I don't know. Like it's just, it's funny how these characters have been around so long that it's hard to like it's easy to say oh they'll bridge a gap between generations, but at the same time they've changed a lot over the years too. But people didn't really know Captain America, I feel like, or Iron Man until these new Marvel movies. And Iron Man was, like, cool as shit after that first movie. I don't really like Iron Man. Do you not like <laughs> Iron Man because you've been... Re- he asked me the other day. Huh? He asked me, my godbrother, because he, he's really into Marvel stuff and the Avengers particularly. He asked me, who do you like better, Marvel or DC? And I was like, well, you know, it depends on what character we're talking about. And then he goes, okay, Iron Man or Batman? Obviously, Batman. Honestly, you're gonna you're gonna get mad. <laughs> he was so you're gonna get mad at me for this. I actually like <laughs> Iron Man better because I just I feel like ba- like and maybe just the stigma surrounding Batman, but I feel like Batman gets too much of a power bump for what he is. People always talk about how he could beat everything, and he's just the best, and he can do this and do that. Oh no, he's Batman is there for strategy and money. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, but a lot of characters have that. Like, if you just want rich people who are smart, like you got. Uh, Oliver Queen is, uh, I don't say he's smart. He's not rich anymore. Well, in the comic books, isn't he still rich? He's not that smart. No, he's not rich anymore. He lost all his money. In the comics him. too? Oh. Yeah. Well, scratch that one. If he was, uh, <laughs> isn't Deadshot really rich? Yes. Yeah, he's rich too. And. He's not much of a hero though. Eh, he could be if you paid him to be. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but that's that kind of defeats the purpose of being a like, I'm hero. trying to think is there other is there any other rich heroes in DC I mean I know the Marvel ones but there's a lot of rich people in Marvel fucking being heroes Spider-Man um, is rich now Iron Man Black Panther is like the richest person ever fucking um, well the, Black Panther runs a country. I mean, yeah, but the <laughs> the only country that has vibranium. And then fucking the Fantastic right. Four. I guess they all have money together, but I hate them, so it's okay. I don't get the appeal of them at all. Like, I just feel like they're a lamer Incredibles, which is sad to say. Wait, did you like the Incredibles or not? Was that you that hated the Incredibles? I haven't seen it since it was out. Uh, I haven't either, actually. I just remember it. It was okay, from what I remember. I mean, I've seen it after that, but, like, it's still been several years since I've seen it. And I wasn't, like, super into it. I get not liking Iron Man because he's a huge douchebag. And I especially get not liking Iron Man if you've read the comics more than, like, if you read the comics first. Because I made the mistake, not mistake, but I made the, the choice to go and read Iron Man comics after, you know, I got a Marvel monthly subscription thing to the uh the app and i was like oh he's terrible in these like he's the worst person because i think i just have iron man fatigue like i think he's too much in the mcu all the time and for reasons that i don't think he needs to be i like iron man and i like that he's there because some of the things he does kind of make sense like peter's suit i like the the changes they made to it mostly because they fit the comic right now and it's kind of a... But he was in that movie way too much. Really? I feel like <laughs> I feel like I expected him to be there like a lot more. And really it's just Happy he Hogan. Just, he pops up all the time and I don't want to see him. Like, I actually enjoy... I don't need to see I, him. I enjoyed his part in Spider-Man. I, I, um, you know, of course he's in Civil War. I didn't. I thought he was a dick. Oh, he's a, he's he's a dick in Spider-Man. But I feel like, I feel like people don't like... 
I don't know. He hasn't had a movie since three, and it's hard to really parse where he's at as a person. But it feels like he has an emotional issue he's dealing with because he, um, the, all the shit that's happened to him, like he just he seems to be breaking down. And you see it in Civil War, and you see it to a degree in Spider Man, like that he's having a, pro- a serious problem, like emotional issues, like anger issues. Right. I just, I don't know. I feel like the MC has like anchored him too much and I just, I don't care for him as well, it is. So like there's just too you'll much. You'll be glad to know they're going to stop that soon. They've said already that they're basically going to start anchoring it to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, which will get weird, I think. Those are two very different characters. Well, I mean, I think they'll have to see how Infinity War goes before they make like final, final decisions on that. Because I know they are trying to like transfer kind of the old guard out and put in the new guard. But you also want to make sure that you, like your new characters are as popular as your old. I honestly are. feel like they like. I hope Chris Evans sticks around because I really just enjoy Captain America the most. Like I just love that shit. Like he's. Well, I think, I think the Brewster brothers have done a great job on his last two. But movies. I think Evans has done a great job just being like what he needs to be to be that character because that character could have easily been like a hokey, annoying. I really, I really like Grace's theory that he's going to be the first scroll. Really? Yeah. I was going to say, like, like he's going to die first. I was like, honestly... Well, that's the thing. is like, you won't know if he is dead or not. I think he Iron Man's going to die. He be alive with the scrolls because I'll be, need to keep him alive to, like, get his memories or I think I think Iron Man's going to die because I think that makes the most sense. But I also... Well, I think Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is almost up. I mean, he too. wants out. He's been saying he wants out, and they just keep dumping money in his lap and saying, come back. And, it, it, like, it makes sense for someone to die, but some characters dying do- doesn't make sense unless Thanos just starts wishing people out of existence. Because, like... I know, but you do need to have... I think you will need to see at least one death to make it It better not be anything. fucking Hawkeye, because that's the one that makes the most sense, but come on. Like, Hawkeye is... <laughs> Hawkeye gets a shit bag. Like, he's he's not even in the first Avengers movie, really. Like, he's evil for most of it. I don't like Jeremy Renner, so... I know, I know. I, 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 and the thing is that I don't really like Jeremy Renner either. Like, I feel like he's just kind of a dick, but I like Hawkeye. And I, I honestly don't really like Hawkeye how he's done in the movies Yeah, either. but maybe they can get, like, the lady Hawkeye. That's what I... I actually better them do that. Like, people don't like her for some reason. She's not very popular, but she's well-written enough in the comics like, her comic book just got canceled because it didn't sell enough. But I think that, I think one of the... I'm like, they've given him a family. So, like, in theory, like, it could be, like, his daughter or He's something. married to uh, Velma from the Squeedy movies. Um, yes, Linda Cardellini. She's in a lot of other things. <laughs> I've never seen those movies either. But I was going to say that, like, one of my problems with him, like, with the way that they treated her in the comic books was that they, they claimed that her sales had dropped or weren't high enough. But it's at the exact same time that Marvel stopped letting you redeem comic book codes for the book itself. I don't know if you were around for that, Mm -hmm. but basically, like, you know how it worked. You could buy a Marvel book and peel that thing off and just punch the code in and you got the book digitally, right? No, I did not do that. Okay, well, you know how there's a code in the book, though, like that little paper is in there you peel off? No. Oh, well, if you're buying books, physical copies of non-trade comics, you can you get a free copy. I haven't bought a physical Marvel book in a long time. That's just kind of sad to me. What, like, they, you can, that's why I was buying the physical ones, because you could tear off the thing inside and get a free copy of the digital comic. Well, without much warning or anything, right, like, the second month of uh, her Hawkeye comic, they stopped that. 
And so I got my books and peeled the codes off and started punching them in the computer. And they come up with different books. And I'm like, what the fuck? And so I tried it again and tried it at home, and it, it didn't work. So I emailed Marvel Support, and they told me, oh, it's, it's working as it was supposed to. Like, you don't get the book you bought anymore. We're going to give you special value by giving you some other book. And I'm like, they give you, like, a random issue of some really old book. And it's, like, the same issue all month for, like, a set of books. So, like, you might buy, like, Hawkeye and Avengers and, like, four other books, but they all earn the same free book it's just a waste of money. And like, I'm like, well, why would I even keep buying these books? So of course her sales are going to drop because her sales weren't that strong to begin with because the people who were buying it probably were just redeeming it for the digital one. And then the other problem is that they don't count digital sales. Like Marvel does not count any digital sales. If you buy digital big books like trades or digital single books, which makes no sense because digital books are cheaper to produce than paper books. So that's really yeah. weird. And their their whole like stick about they cut these books. They they cut a, a line of books out. It was like her and the Iceman book and the Gwenpool book and some other stuff that were sorta of popular online, but were mysteriously not selling very high. And they were all like uh women or LGBT characters or people of color characters and people were like up in arms. And my whole thing was that the people that are reading the books new, like newer fans, are probably not buying physical books because it's tedious to go out and get them. It's overwhelming to go in the comic book store and deal with like these big stacks of books and look through them all when you can just go online and buy them digitally. Also, as if you are a woman or part of the LGBT community, like comic book stores are not always the most welcoming to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have a comic book store, two of them I live by, that are really nice and people in there are really friendly, but one. But, like, I've been a girl in a comic book store where I've been followed around by comic book store staff because, like, they don't believe that I'm in there for a legit reason. Like, what reason would you be in there for? Stealing comic books if you don't like them? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, they act like I'm in there to, like, pretend that I'm a nerd or pretend? to, like, buy something from someone like, else. Like, what the fuck sense does that make? Like, they quiz you on what you're buying and, like, they pay attention to what you're grabbing. Or they also run away from you if you get too close <laughs> to them. Like, <laughs> they treat you like an animal. It's really weird. And it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. Like, so like, I get why a lot of people don't go to comic book stores all the time. And it's the thing, like, it's, it's the thing about being like a black person and someone's following around the store. It's like, it's always weird when it happens, but it makes even less sense for the women thing because it's like women can like stuff too. And there's, there's things in a comic book store that women might like that are not necessarily the things that men would like. There's manga in there. Which a lot of time, I think that that's another thing that, that's a problem in those stores is that when you go in there to get manga, people in there act snooty about it. Like they treat you like shit that you're buying manga and they treat you like, like a lower class of person. I don't read manga, but I'm also not going to like dump on someone for doing it. And I, I, totally get, I totally get not wanting to go in a comic book store because there's a lot of weird shit happening there. There's bad smells sometimes. Uh, there's Magic the Gathering players, which are usually universally terrible people, and <laughs> or there's like or they're playing like Warhammer or whatever in the back, and like they won't help. Oh, you, the war like, the Warhammer people, counter. like those people are like I feel like kin to them well, because I, I play D and D, but those are like rich D and D players because there was a guy at my old comic book store that had a Warhammer army worth my car. It was like a ten grand Warhammer army he was carrying around in his car with him. Well, because, like, one of the, I think the last time that I went to, like, the nearest comic book store to me, I went in there. And I was in there for probably a good 25 minutes picking out stuff that I wanted. And, like, the guy that was working the register was in the 
back of the room playing Warhammer with his buddies. And they were, like, making, like, lunch plans. He was going to go to the Arby's to get food. Uh, and he's still, like, I was waiting at the checkout counter for, like, another 15 minutes before someone came to help me. That's, like, I mean, but that's the thing is that, like, you we've just gone over, like, 15 reasons why you wouldn't want to go to a comic book store. And you get it. Like, we both get that this is, this is. It, well, it makes me sad because in college, there was a comic book shop that I went to every week. Um, because there was also a cafe, but they were nice. They didn't treat me like I was an alien for being a girl. And like, I could just sit there and read comics or do my homework and just chill. And it makes me sad that there are other stores that aren't the same. Like, and and, and I mean, make it a terrible experience for you instead of a good I one. probably don't look like the typical comic book is fan. And I've had to go to a store that I don't typically go to. I'll name drop that store. Fuck it. Dragon's Lair here in um, San Antonio, uh, not the new one, but there's an older one on the other side of town. I used to go there because they stay open later, and they have, like, D&D night, and they stay open until 10. And so I would go there if I if I got off work late on, like, a Wednesday when comics came out, I would go there to pick my comics up because they were still open. And um, I've gone the, – the last time I went there, they were extremely rude to me because there was, a, there was like, an off week where I went there on a Wednesday, and there was, like, no new comics up, and it felt like it was too empty. I was like, I don't see any of the stuff that I'm supposed to be seeing on the wall that I know is coming out this week. So I asked the guy behind the counter, and he was, like, snippy and rude about it. And that wasn't the first time they'd been snippy and rude. Like, they get snippy and rude when you come in there and buy pops. They get snippy and rude when you're buying card games and not buying – like, not card games like Magic, but, like – they have Cards Against Humanity in there. I was buying a pack for someone's Christmas gift, and they got snippy and rude about that. And um, mm-hmm. about me buying a Pathfinder book and not a and d book. And they just got kind of preachy about it. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not coming back to this place again because it's just it's like I don't need to go somewhere and pay someone money to be rude to me when I can just go to another store, buy my house, and get the same stuff. It's all the same reasons I don't go to GameStops anymore, either. Well, <laughs> it's funny, because you talk about that, but every GameStop down here is, like, basically run by women. Like, they are, like, there's almost no men working in them anymore, because probably because they sell more stuff that way. But, I, I mean, I'm not saying that women working in GameStop are just there to sell stuff, because I have a very, not very good friend, but I have a friend who I've known for several years who worked at GameStop, and she was a manager. And she working there got some of the same treatment you're speaking about getting when you went in the comic book store. Men would come in there and quiz her on her game knowledge. They'd ask her what kind of games she'd like. They'd get upset if she didn't like the right kind of games. Well, that's how it was when I would go into GameStop as a customer, like, in college. Like, they, I went to go pick up a pre-order, and they're like, oh, you're such a great girlfriend for getting this for your boyfriend. I'm like, Oh, no, that's some fucked me. up shit. And then as soon as I said that, they were like, oh, you want to come over and play video games sometime? No. No, asshole. What what game was it? They were like. So. It was L.A. Noir. Oh. Um. Okay. I was like, what which is probably is the that? most like me game that you can think of. It's a most me noir game. movie that you're playing. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that like, um, I went and I went and GameStop to get a copy of Metal Gear Solid Three. This is that's how long ago this was. And oh, they were also really rude to my gay roommate, which made me really upset too. They were rude to me because I was getting Metal Gear Solid 3 and didn't want to pre-order some other game. And they were like, well, what games do you play, bro? You want to pre-order this, pre-order that? I was like, no, I don't want to pre-order anything. I'm just here to get Metal Gear. And they they acted, like, upset that I was just trying to get my game. And I was like, I don't really feel like pre-ordering a bunch of shit that might not come out. Like, I trust that Metal Gear is going to come out reasonably on time, you know? Yeah. 
Well, just that same time that I went in there to pick up my pre-order, like, my roommate, he was with me to, like, pick up some used games for the Wii that we had just gotten. And, like, they treated him like dirt. Like, they ignored him, and they were only talking to me after I'd been through the, this game is actually for me thing, and, like, it was just, they weren't, like, I don't know, it was a terrible experience, and I have not been in a GameStop since. I did not know it had been that long for you. Um... Yeah, GameStop is not a pleasant place to go. It always smells like carpet glue inside, too. <laughs> and, and I mean, I also I have friends that used to work at GameStops, and they're like, yeah, it's not a great environment. Like, Oh, I mean, the, the pay is supposedly terrible, too. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've, I've obviously never worked there, but it's not everything getting a second hand. But yeah, just I was fine not supporting them anymore. I still I'll order I, my games from Amazon or the company directly. I still go there if I'm trying to get used games, but it's not as often. Like when I bought my PlayStation Four, I didn't get it from there. I got it from Walmart, which is not really a better place, but it was like six in the morning. So that's where I got mine too, because they had the Last of Us package. Well, my Walmart reason was that they were ten dollars cheaper than Amazon, and they also had like a lot of places don't have a one terabyte. Or I'm not at Target because I have Target Red Card, so I save money. Oh, I don't have any kind of like. <laughs> credit cards for stores anymore <laughs> it's not a credit card it's a debit card oh okay so it doesn't it's not it's even not a credit card. card oh that's weird but you get to save another like five percent plus you get all your cartwheel deals and stuff so it's pretty handy well i mean I, I i wanted to get a one terabyte hard drive ps4 and nowhere else had them in stock in the city except for walmart and gamestop and i was like well i'm not going to gamestop to get this and so i went to walmart and got it which was also a big mistake because they made me wait for like fucking 40 minutes to open the case and, you know, other ridiculous God, that's how it was when I went to go to Target one time to buy my Apple, my first Apple TV. The guy tried to talk me out of it and into buying like a Google Fire Stick. And I was like, I'm trying to buy the more expensive one. You mean you mean the uh, Amazon Fire Stick or like a, or, or a Google? A little... Yeah, the Amazon, whatever. He was trying to talk me into buying another one. And I was like, I want an Apple TV. Well, people were so it's mad that when you're buying Apple products, and I, I, I kind of get people arguing about it, like, from a standpoint of salesmen who work for other companies, but I don't get people arguing about it who work in, like, a Walmart or Best Buy. Who yeah, are, it, was, it, was, it was a Target. I'm like, you work in an electronics store. You should try to be getting me to buy the most expensive one here, which is what I'm doing. Because, like, pe- <laughs> that, that was a big thing with Fry's is that, well, there was no commission on Apple computers, basically, at Fry's. And so what people would try to argue that, oh, you should buy this Windows desktop. It does all the same things, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, but if that person takes that Windows desktop out of here for like a $400 Windows desktop and they were going to buy a $3,000 Apple desktop, it won't do the same things. Because like the power behind the other one is is a lot higher. It is a more stable desktop. It will last them longer. So it's not just that you can change it out and they'll do the same things. You know, they might have some kind of, you know, other devices that run on this thing better or programs they need to use that run better. You can't just like change yeah, someone's just, mind because you want commission on an object. Well, it's also, I don't know, like some of it to me, like it feels like because I'm a, a woman that like, especially if it's a male salesperson, they try to tell me to buy something different because they don't trust my judgment. And I'm like, no, yeah, I know what I want. I researched my shit. I'm here to get what I want. <laughs> I could see that because like, a lot of people seem to think that women who go into like stores to buy electronics are just completely incompetent or they're just, they don't know what they're getting or what they're doing. Or like, oh, she thinks she needs this, but she doesn't really need that. She, or, or, or they'll do things like, are you going to play games on it? No, you're not going to play, like, they think you're not going to play games on it or whatever else. Right. Like, 
Yeah. I, so I actually, when I bought my newest MacBook, I'm really happy that I had a female salesperson help me with it. Like, just because, I mean, it, it, Apple, I'm just, it's always been a fairly yeah. good experience. Like, has for anybody me, ever been like, rude to an Apple store? No. They're super nice. Uh, <laughs> they've been some, like, rude, but, like, not really rude, you know? Just kind of a little passive aggressive. <laughs> Like, but like that's hipsters. So like, I don't. That's, I'm not taking that personally. Yeah, like <laughs> I've had someone being what I thought might have been rude, but also might just be like how they are all the time. I'm like, okay, maybe right, it's like, just like this. The Apple geniuses are often hipsters, so I, I expect a little bit of attitude. I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I've I, I've also had days where I've gotten attitudey on the phone with customers because not because they're asking me stupid questions, but just because like. They're wanting unreasonable things, like, I don't know how to describe right. it. Like, things that don't make sense. Like, a person the other day asked me to send them a, something overnighted, and I'm like, well, it's Saturday, and overnight means you won't get it till Tuesday because it's a holiday weekend. Well, I want it tomorrow. Tomorrow <laughs> is Sunday. You will not be getting this tomorrow. Well, You'll be should have called a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, well, you should have called two days ago <laughs> because that's how you would get it tomorrow. Because, like, I get overnight, like, the idea, overnight means overnight. Okay, that's true. But if you call at 1030 at night, it's not overnight anymore. Like, it's too late for that to be overnight. Yeah, it has to be in by, like, what, 5 o'clock? I mean, unless you're dealing with, like, Amazon. No, at State Farm, it had to be in at 330. Like, unless you're dealing with Amazon, where it's like, they're like, order the next four hours, and you'll get this tomorrow. (laughs) Like, okay. Yeah, no, I remember having that problem when I worked at State Farm, and just, if you you didn't ask for it before, like, 330... Which is one like the pickup for overnight came for us. Yeah, <laughs> like you were going to be like two overnight. days. I was going to say right. that um, you you mentioned um, playing. Well, you mentioned that you had started playing Persona Four earlier. I think that's as good a well, point. I, to... I started it a couple months ago, and then I like <laughs> shit happened, and I wasn't really able to focus on it. So I started it back up again this week. Yeah, a Persona game is is life, like you. Have, it takes over. You like that's to, all I've been playing like the last two days. <laughs> yeah, you have to really dedicate yourself to Persona. Like at least when I saw Five, like Five became the thing where I was like, oh man, I got to do this when I get home. Can't wait till I get to go home and play that again. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till I get to go home and go back to my side job in Persona. Get to go to high school and work at the convenience yeah, store. <laughs> and cheat on a bunch of tests that I don't know the answers to without the internet. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it bec- and it's funny because one of the things about Persona is that there's certain points of the game where you do get annoyed with temples, and not to the game's detriment, but you almost just want to go back to the high school and just take some tests and shit around. So that's I I really like slice of life games like that. Like that's why I like The Sims. Like I enjoy that stuff. I don't know why. I remember like <laughs> two days into playing Persona, I went on Facebook and was like, "So apparently all they ever wanted from the video game was to be a Japanese high school student and fight demons at night because this is perfect for me." <laughs> And and that that's the thing. Like when they did the game of the year thing, I was like, man, I'm shocked. Persona's not higher up there because Persona was, it was it was all the things that I felt like games don't do because like there's this big push in games to erase the UI to get rid of turn based combat and things like that. But mm-hmm. like they use that to their advantage to make it stylish and crazy. Like the UI in that game is all sorts of like cool. It makes cool sounds and shit. It moves in cool ways. Like mm-hmm. it's very, like artistically designed, not just like 
like the game is very diegetic in that everything in the game not necessarily takes place inside the game but the game is designed holistically like the things you see are designed not just to be a menu but to fit the tone of the game like the palaces fit the tone of the person they're for fit the tone of the game at that point the music fits those places and then the menus in different areas reflect the character the menu belongs to like the doctor's menu is not the menu for the gun store is not the menu for the bookstore and mm-hmm. i like that like i like that a game thought that hard persona on it. 4 is actually very similar yeah i've heard that, that it's pretty close to five in in terms of that stuff but i like that it's someone thought that way in a game and did that to it and like, that's my thing about- well it's also it's such a big game like so many games are meant to basically be completed in like a day to three days now yeah and and that was what made it so important to me was like because you know you get to be like 31 years old and you've been playing games since you were like three or two and you've seen a lot of good games come and go you know you played like most of the zelda games you played you know fucking every final fantasy from 1 through 15 except for 11 and 14 and like you've seen all these really good game series and metal gears and marios and shit and so you think you're done seeing games that really just like have this reaction on you where you're like, oh, this is like the best shit I've ever done. And I've gotten several of those like in recent years. I've gotten, you know, Bioshock Infinite, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but I love it. And fucking Last of Us, which was amazing. Like just, you know, same thing. And I've gotten, you know, Persona 5 and Nier this year. Like, which is funny because they always come in pairs because like that the year Bioshock was also the same year that Last of Us came out. And near and persona. I would say Last of Us though to me does fall into the category of being too short though. Like it was very good, but it was also short once you really calculated all like all the time. Like, yes, you would spend a lot of time like waiting in places <laughs> for like things to pass yeah. you by. If you, if, if you but, count all the time you spend hiding behind furniture trying to hype yourself up, okay. Right. Okay. But like actual <laughs> gameplay wise, it's actually a very short game. And and that's it that's that's its only thing I didn't like about it. That's its only detriment. But one of the things about Last of Us that made it feel like it was worth the money was that and same thing with, with Bioshock, it's also a very short game. But it felt worth the money because you you could see the time put in on on screen. And some games you just don't get that. You get a ten hour, you know, or so playthrough and it just feels like, oh, it's okay. But I paid seventy dollars for it. I don't I don't just want okay. And I like that Persona is a $70 game that took me 105 hours to beat. And for the same price as that, I could have spent 20 hours on some other game that I wouldn't have liked as much. And I just, I'm glad I picked that Mm -hmm. game out and tried it because it was just, it felt like. Well, didn't you kind of just pick it up on a whim because I was playing it? It wasn't you. It it wasn't you (laughs) that got me to pick it up. And this is the funny thing it wasn't you. It was two things. And this has happened twice to me it was Donkey. And it was Honest Trailers. They they both, like, in the same time frame did a video about it. And I watched those, and I was like, this is, like, just the fuck what I wanted. Like, this is, like, everything I want. And it, well, especially with Donkey, because he doesn't really like JRPGs. And he was well, that was the, that and one. he didn't even do a video on it. That's what That was the thing. He said, that I don't like JRPGs, but I like this game. And I was like, huh. And then I, I saw I saw that other video before that. I was like, I need to try this game out. And you you were talking about it too. I won't say that wasn't part of the reason, but it was definitely the Honest Trailers video because we don't always like the same things like you said, especially no. game wise. Because you know I like JR. Well, I used to like JRPGs. I'm 
kind of frustrated with them now. But- I, I usually like them. Like, I'm a big fan, like... Final Fantasy X-2 is probably one of like, my best video game playing experiences. But X-2 also takes no grinding. and it, That's true. X-2 also <laughs> is one of the girliest fun times I've ever had. But I, but I am I am drawn to JRPGs. Like I like the art. I like the well, you detail. Like, I like how long they are. You like anime, like, too. Yeah, like somewhat. you like it more than I like it. I mean, I don't hate anime, but like there, there are things. I think it depends on the property because there's stuff that I just I can't. Stand and the art style. With, but then there's things that I'm really into. Well, what's an anime you really hate? Like, what's an anime you're just like done with or don't like at all? I really hate Fully Cooly. <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. I think it's really pretentious and okay, <laughs> I could I could agree with that. Fully Cooly is pretentious. and people go really nuts over it, and I don't understand. <laughs> I think that anime, like hardcore anime fans go nuts over things that are weird as fuck because they feel like it will protect them from being like invaded with normal people. And that might be it is that I've had really weird encounters with people that like are that way. Yeah, Fully Cool is not accessible and that makes it easier for people to kind of hold it near and dear to them because it's not accessible. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of people really like Fully Cooly. Like a lot of people like that don't that also don't really watch a lot of anime. Will say that they like it because especially because it's so short, they've seen all of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, kind of like Cowboy Bebop. I don't hate Cowboy Bebop, but it's definitely accessible and it makes people who usually wouldn't watch an anime watch it because it's short mm-hmm. and it's it's a good show. But I mean, but then you've also cause you've got the people that like were really into like Inuyasha and like wore like the <sighs> ears and the tails and stuff and like. That's what gives anime fans a bad rep. <laughs> Inuyasha. Oh. Like I tried to like that. I when it first like when it first came on Adult Swim, like I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I watched a little bit of it, and I read a little bit of the manga. But then I realized it didn't end at that point. It was still still going. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I'm done. Adult Swim didn't like that they had to show it because it was making money. And they started to make fun of the show themselves, like in commercials and shit. They were like, fuck with the show and its fans. And like, I mean, there's been some other things like I got really into, uh, shit, what's that called? I don't remember anymore. Um, Vasta Stampede and. Oh, Trigun. Trigun. I got really into Trigun for like a minute at one Yeah, time. no, I love Trigun. And. Then I just was over it. I don't know why. I, I was really into it, like, into it, like, looking up art and manga stuff. And, and I mean, the the consistent ones I've always loved and have just not let go of have been, like, Evangelion, which is, Evangelion's a shit show, but it's, like, a beautiful shit show. It's it's depressing. And I've only seen a couple episodes of that one. I've never seen it all the way through. I would be interested to see how you react to it, because it's a little bit dated now, depending on what, what version you watch. If you watch the Platinum Edition, it's way more bearable. But one of the funny things about even well, I mean, my favorite anime of all time, obviously, is Sailor Moon. So. Oh, I mean, I'm not like, and I see, I don't even knock Sailor Moon, but like, the thing is, like Sailor Moon is, I don't know how serious Sailor Moon ever gets in terms of like, oh, this is trying to fuck your brain up. If you're out, you're out. Oh, it gets pretty serious. Does it really? <laughs> uh, pretty much everyone dies in the last season. I mean, yeah, I know that one girl can destroy planets. Like the girl that I got you for Christmas, I had to ask another friend what she. No, did. that's not. That's not what I'm talking about. She's, a, she's, a, she's important, but she's kind of a minor character. Yeah, she's super minor. She's just, she's a very, she's a fan favorite. But no, in the last season, pretty much everybody dies. Well, there, there, the thing about Evangelion is that it's, 
like, I don't want to spoil it because you might end up watching it one day, but there's a point even, Galleon, in the movie, in the last movie, where it's, the the anime is clearly trying to tell you that, like, get out now because this is all downhill from here. And, like, <laughs> what it what, like what it was, and this won't even be a spoiler because it won't make sense, was a kid jacking off over someone's comatose body. And, like, like they sh- they don't show anything. They just show, like, like come in this kid's Emotion. hand. Like, he'll come in this kid's hand. And he goes, I'm so fucked up. And, like, that right there is, like, th- that's him saying, like, okay, if you're going to cut it off because of this, just go ahead and cut it off. Because later in this movie, there's some, some wild shit happening. There's a vagina on the forehead. There's all kinds of craziness going on. If you're not okay with this, <laughs> you will not be okay with what's going to happen next. And, like... End of Evangelion is like the 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 anime has two endings. Like there's a real ending, which is the movie, and then there's a show ending, which was like they ran out of money. And the ran out of money ending <laughs> is weird and awkward and still sufficient. But the movie ending is just like it was created several years after the show, and the creator was mad at the fans because they kept bitching at him. And threatening to commit suicide and other things if he didn't finish the show the way they wanted him to. And so he basically made a movie that attacks them, and it's pretty hilarious. And um, uh, FMA is another anime that I've, I've had in my, like, life for basically the life that it's, like, since it's been around, I've had it, like, watching it or reading it or something. And so, like... The last show they made was Brotherhood, which was like they redid the whole manga, like and followed it this time, and it's really, really good and really well done. Well, that's what Sailor Moon Crystal is attempting to do, somewhat. <laughs> is it bad or is it better? Um. Okay. <laughs> so Sailor Moon Crystal. I couldn't find the contact matching the page. <laughs> <laughs> Guest starring Alexa. So, the first two seasons, well, first two story arcs of Sailor Moon Crystal um, were technically one season, but they were calling them two seasons. Because um, they <clears throat> are essentially what is season one and two of the original anime, and they're the first two story arcs of the manga. I really, really enjoyed them, and they are pretty much, um, each episode equals a chapter of the manga. And but people were bitching about it because of the art. They didn't they thought the art was really weird, even though I thought the art was beautiful because it looked a lot more like the manga art. Um, and there were a few like updated changes, like you know, to fit like modern technology and stuff like they that. They had cell phones. Uh, so a little bit, but like most mostly like computers. Like there's a there's a really old Sailor Moon plot about like a what was like a floppy disk, and so they what? changed that until. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's old. It's from the early nineties. Well, there, I, <laughs> so they, I remember they, they switched that to something. I remember the blue-haired girl modern. had a computer or something she carried around with her, like a little tiny pocket computer. That's separate. But. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say that um, I there's but, there's also an even Evangelion episode about a computer virus that might be kind of dated too. I just thought about that when you said that. Yeah, but I but I mean like they updated like the crystal episode of that to like make it like a cd-rom or something it's like a flash it's drive. still like a little, a little weird because it's but it, it like it makes a lot more sense yeah like it's um, it's just funny you said that like they updated it because it's like a computer it's like a floppy disk like a <laughs> floppy disk can't hold anything malicious 
And then, like, but they've ch- they changed art directors for the third season. And you um, like it worse or better? Well, I mean, I like it less. <laughs> like I said that wrong. Do you like do you like it more or do you like it less? Like worse or better? But a lot of people seem to like it more. So uh, I'm obviously like doing having like a losing inner battle here I, because it's. I'd be interested to, go to see that because I'm just curious, like what you because I know you don't like it's, a lot of the thing is like is it's not significantly different, but it's different enough that it bu- bugs me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know that you don't like bad animation style like you don't like rick and morty because it, it's well, it's weird. not bad animation it's just it's different from what those first two what they first, arcs okay. were so it so the character designs change just enough that it bothers me you don't like a bunch of shows was. for like design issues and it's just kind of funny to me like some of those shows are shows i really like, like well to me this is to me this is like it's consistency that is not there oh like, well um as so as a, as a whole show all of these like character designs should match. Yeah. But now they don't. <laughs> and it's like not because it's a separate show, it's all like it's just a yeah. That's a big problem in old American cartoons too. Like the Ghostbusters cartoon goes through several different um different changes for certain characters. Janine's the most noteworthy and to the point where she changes but I mean, so that's much. That's something that you don't really ha- it's not really an issue usually in anime because it's conceived kind of as a whole yeah. package generally. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's because Crystal's actually very, um, low funded. Like, so a lot of anime seems to be out as they can. Yeah. And they also stopped matching it directly to the, uh, manga chapters as well. Like it's not quite as clear as what is the end of a manga chapter anymore. So it, I didn't love the third season as much, but a lot of people seem to like it more. So We'll see what that means for the last two. The art for Janine and Ghostbusters changed so much that the show actually addresses it in story. Like, they give story reason for why it changed. And um, that was, like, one of the most awkward and weird things because it was, like, it was about, like, inner beauty and her being, like, ashamed of herself. It was, like, a really, like, weirdly adult episode, but that show did that a lot. So it was kind of a, mm-hmm. a show that was way darker than it should have been for kids. But, um, like, oh, I, f- I remembered what I was going to say. Cool. <laughs> <clears throat> something. <laughs> so something that I really liked about the first two seasons of Sailor Moon Crystal was that, like, so the original Sailor Moon anime has, like, plethora of, like, transformation and attack sequences. <laughs> they do. And, like, basically, you know, like, like, all action stops for this thing to take place. <laughs> but in Crystal, what they were doing was that the char- like the first time that they showed an attack, like they would show you the sequence, but it was really short. And then every other time they did it, it was actually like them doing it, like just shouting out the attack and like having it happen right away. Like so, it was like actually very fluid and really cool. Well, much more battley than. <laughs> I think that that was. Stop! I have an attack to yell out. <laughs> I think that that was a thing that was like. But season three went back to having all like the. Wait, what? Why would they do that? Yeah. Oh, it's cheaper. I don't know. It's that's, cheaper. That, it is, and that's what, and it bothered me because I was like, I was really enjoying just kind of like the naturalness of the battle. Like as far as like the show goes, I've seen it before, obviously, but it, my only real complaint about it, from a standpoint of like design, was what you're talking about is that they would always do like instead of having like an actual fight or an attack go off, they would just show like a sequence, like a pre-made animation sequence of them like doing the attack. 
And it, I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, like I said, it's cheaper to do that, but also it just, it felt kind of like a cop out to make the show like less actiony than it needed to be or than than it could have been. But at the same time, um, like I, I didn't even know that they did ever change that away from that, that, I mean, that makes way more sense to do that now too. Like you can draw stuff better. It can look cooler. Like it's, well, well, it's like a lot of it's computer animated. Like you save your, your model that's doing this stuff. Like, and it's easy to replicate. Yeah. I mean, that, it makes more sense to actually do it that way. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like why they, well, I mean, I think they went back cause it was cheaper, but it's just funny that they, they changed those two things for the better probably. And then went back, um, to what they were doing before. And like, I know you don't like a lot of animation stuff. Like, you know, like you said, Rick and Morty bothers you. Uh, Bojack Horseman bothers you. I've never you. actually seen Rick and Morty, but you've but seen, style, you've like, seen like the images of the, of the style. And I'm pretty sure it would bother you. Cause like you said, uh, even little witch academia, you said you didn't like the art for that one. Well, just from what I saw on the Netflix flash thing. But I mean, like I got used to Bojack after a while, so. But you still don't like Bojack. I actually started to really like it during the last season, so. Oh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> like, um, okay, I, I, you sent me a picture of the animation. Here, I'm looking at it now. It looks so. It looks more. Season three is on the left. Season one is on the right. Yeah, it looks more like simplistic, but I see how I can see it both ways. I can see how you would like it better well, as it was the thing is like if that's how it had always been like that's fine yeah but but like also the season three look it looks a lot more like the original anime yeah whereas it was looking a lot more like the manga before so it's well also like it's just weird to watch a show and have the art style change dramatically and that's that's a problem like, that's, that's a big enough change like it's not a huge change because obviously it's the same characters and you can still tell yeah. but it's funny you got the same pose. That's like the best part about it. You didn't just get like two images of, of random pictures. Well, that's because people talk about this stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm sure they do. Like I know, like I I know probably two big Sailor Moon fans, and they they talk extensively online about it, or they buy products or whatever else. Like my other friend, she buys, you know, she shows me figures she bought. She bought like a bunch of like sitting figures and some pops and other stuff. And mm-hmm. so I see pictures of those things, and I, mean, I know there's a fan base out there. I think. I think there's a fan base out there for the same reason there's a DBZ fan base out there. It's because it's like one of the first animes that came to this country in full, more or less. Uh, Sailor Moon, the final season, did not make it to the U.S. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't until fairly recently they finished Dragon Ball Z in this country even. Like, I remember there was... Uh, yeah, this... They've... With um, Viz streaming the... The sub of the last season was the first time it's officially been released in the U.S., and that was, like, last year. Yeah, I mean... They haven't finished the dub yet. There, there was there was actually... Here's a better picture of... Yeah, I see it. It's My window's still open. There was actually a point in history, like, when we, as Americans, only saw up to the middle of the, the Frieza saga. It would reset there every time. And I remember that's why I stopped watching that show as a kid. I used to actually kind of enjoy it, but I was younger, younger. And it came on like Sunday afternoons after I got out of church and I'd always watch it, but it would go to the same point and reset back. And I was just done with that shit. Like, I think it did it twice. And I was like, I'm done. Cause like I came back the next Sunday, like waiting to see what happened next. And it was the first episode again. And so I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's over with. Well, it was a, a sad thing about my other favorite uh, anime and manga, Nana. 
Nana, is that the author got really sick, and so she hasn't continued it. So it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> That's terrible. Like an unintentional one because she got sick and couldn't write anymore. <laughs> is she still alive? Yeah, but it's been like ten years. So that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> You know about what is it, Berserk? Berserk will stop for like five years and shit and just come back. But that's five years. It's not like ten years. I, and she like she hasn't written or drawn any other manga since. I think Berserk has stopped for, I don't know, I had to check, but it stopped for several years at one point, like seven or eight years, I think. And then I know. But yeah, it's at this point though, like, because like the manga was going pretty strong and then like the anime, like it wasn't like. It was a little bit behind, but not much. Mm. But they were actually keeping it very consistent to the manga, which is amazing. And it also has a really great production value. Like, the music is fantastic. Anime music is really good, but I feel like, though. There's also a really good fan sub out there, because it wasn't ever officially... Oh, a, man. Not fan sub, fan dub. There was, like, actually a really... or fan, It might have been fan sub. Like, a fan... Like, a, a lot of times that stuff gets really cheesy. A good fan, but, like, du- a good fan really well dub is good good like that's weird to have but fan subs like there was a point with with naruto where there was like a battle of fan sub companies and you there were people out there who were like legitimately fight you over like which fan sub you were watching because there was little differences in production value like some of them would do some things like that were kind of not known to be done for captioning like it they would they would color code letters for characters when they were off screen and so as you watch the thing, you know that, oh, this character is orange and this character is mm-hmm. green. And I liked that, but it was also a little distracting. But I used to watch, like, right. I watched the first 133 episodes of Naruto before I finally like gave up on the show. And then I tried reading the <laughs> manga and the manga got completely stupid. So I stopped reading that too. Well, with Nana though, like the, the anime ends in the same spot the manga does. And it's just, it's so sad that there's no more. It's so good. It's. I guess it's better that it ends like that. It doesn't get shitty at the end, and you have to just drop it because it's like. I, well, to an extent, but it's like I almost like I really want an ending to this because it ends in a really upsetting cliffhanger, like not a good one or like an, a surprising one, but a really upsetting. I one. Like, like a very emotional. I like these shows that have these ambitious cliffhangers and get canceled right after. Like Moesha did that. Too. Well, this isn't. This isn't even meant to be like a season-ending thing. This is like middle of a subplot. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's not like end of a season. It is. It's end of a of a oh, trade paperback. So she just got sick, <laughs> like right away. Right, that's what I mean. She got sick and she couldn't finish. <laughs> because like that was a thing they used to do. Of like you know, sweeps was a big thing back in like the nineties, and they would just end shows on these crazy cliffhangers, and some of them would just not pick back up. Like I think um, Lone Gunman, the X Files spinoff, had a cliffhanger like that. That was it was yeah, they had to wrap it up on X Files. Yeah. And Moesha had one where her brother gets kidnapped, which I don't even remember that show that well, but I remember that episode. And you're like, oh, Miles has been kidnapped. And the show ends, and it never got picked back up. And, like, there's a lot of... That's dark for Moesha. Oh, that was, like, <laughs> UPN was doing whatever the fuck they wanted back then. Yeah, and, and sitcoms didn't have rules. Like, there's a character on Family Matters that vanishes at one point. They just go upstairs and never come back down. And, you know, a bunch of sitcoms got dark in the 90s that you don't really remember because they were sitcoms. You didn't watch them for story. I mean, fucking... Also, I was a child. Well, so. I mean, I say you, I mean, like, the collective you. Yeah, you... Uh, yes, we, we've established that you're the younger <laughs> one. Um, like, did you ever see Alf? No. I think Alf gets dissected at the but My end. dad calls my cat Alf and it pisses me off. Why? Alf <laughs> ate cats. Most oh, your cat's name's Alfie. Alfie. That's right. Well, um, 
there's a there's, at the end of Alf, I think he gets kidnapped by the government and dissected because he's an alien. Uh, the, the the show Dinosaurs, which you might have seen because it's on Hulu. I know about the ending of Dinosaurs. Yes, when the Ice Age happens, I sh- like I remember I. No, it's a meteor. Yeah, a meteor happened, but like there's like a like a nuclear winter, and it, the planet gets like iced over. And the last lines of the show are like, "What's gonna happen to his dad?" He's like, "I don't know." And it just pans out to like everything being all snowy, and it's like, "Assume they're gonna die now." I'm like, "This is fucked up." <laughs> and then recently, I showed a friend of mine. They didn't believe me that that's what happened. And I was like, this is really dark. And not only was it a meteor, it was directly caused by the father's company. Like, something they were doing caused (laughs) it to get worse than better. And so it's implied that, like, basically a decision that he and some other people made killed the whole planet. And it's... Oh, God. Exactly. It's really (laughs) fucked up. I guess that's better than Family Matters, where it gets off the rails, where Urkel starts making time machines and shit. (laughs) It's so crazy. (laughs) Oh, my God. Family Matters is one that I remember watching a lot as a kid, but, like, I don't remember much about it other than Urkel had a really weird crush on Laura. Oh, your name was Laura, so I guess that kind of, like, resonated with you. Yeah. She, I want to say she died of cancer in real life. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, like, I heard that later because there was talk about there being a reunion show, and someone was like, well, she's dead. I'm like... It's just one of those things that, like, looking back on it, you're like, that's a really problematic relationship, like... Because she eventually gives in and they start dating, but... Do they, though? Because I remember he starts dating yeah. Myra, that other girl who was way well, cuter. He, so then he, he adopts his, like, cool personality, Stefan. Yeah. And Laura's into him, and then she realizes that it's Urkel, and then she dates Urkel. Well, I mean, I don't know why she didn't realize that it was Urkel, because it's the same fucking person. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> that's how TV shows... Also, are. he is on, like, he does that... He hosts that show on the Sci-Fi Channel, like, where people feel things in the dark what called like it's like called like lights out yeah this sounds like, like a, a sex offender story i heard one time from a newspaper like they have to they can like they can feel or sniff or like they can t- they have to like figure out what these objects are in this like pitch black room and like they can only like use their senses so like other senses and so like they can like touch I, it and i like him taste it if they want or like yeah I, I, he's like super rich now well you know he was sonic the hedgehog for like fucking 20 years until the sega just booted him out i was pissed about that because every time i think sonic's voice i hear that voice and it's not that voice it's just some fucking you know like yeah dude like one of those voices now and it's kind of obnoxious but this the sci-fi story like the that darkness like touching things game there was a sex offender who did that same shit to kids at like a junior high and he got caught because one of the girls went home and was like I mean the show might not still be on anymore but it was on a couple of years ago yeah this... it's like one of those late night ones that you just like watch because you can't sleep. oh like that Carson Daly show that's still happening apparently well it's kind of it's like a cheap version of Fear Factor sort of <laughs> we have new Fear Factor was fucking ludicrous yeah but this was before the new one <laughs> But um, it is almost midnight, so we probably need to stop. <laughs> yeah, that way you don't get bombarded by fireworks. Oh, it's going to get really bad here in like 30 minutes, I think. So we've uh, tried this little experiment out where we just talk about things, which is what we usually do anyway. And that's what the Edge of Tomorrow episode ends up being. is <laughs> like an argument about Arrow. But... Um, We'll probably do this format in the future if we don't have any content or have a reason to not just just need something quicker that we can do that week. Um, but we do have a movie for next time. Uh, 
week after next. So what's that next movie supposed to be, Laura? Our next movie. Can we do a drum roll? Um, I guess I can. No, okay. <laughs> Our next movie is The Goonies. Oh, okay. More things I haven't seen. This one kind of worries me because I, I've, I've got a lot of expectations about it because people always talk about it and reference it. And I'm, you know, it's one of those things where it could be like just something that people who saw it as a kid really enjoy, but you just can't get into. I mean, that is one thing I was just saying to keep in mind. It is a kid's movie. Like so. Ghostbusters 2, which is a terrible film and people should not defend it. But I mean, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Like it's, like how you're it's just, not a movie that you're meant to take seriously. I like how you just got quiet for that Ghostbusters two comment. We're like, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember Ghostbusters two. Don't so. don't remember it. Don't just don't remember it. That's that's my advice. <laughs> um. So it's New Year's Eve. Uh, tail end of New Year's Eve, and so yeah. Um, we're going to see you back here week after next. And um, I'm going to go out here and not actually celebrate because it's not really a holiday. It's just a calendar change. And, um, yeah, I'm probably going to go see Star Wars again tomorrow. (laughs) Also, this will all be super dated by the time you listen to this. Yeah, I mean, you'll be well into 2018, which I'm sure that given this current year that we're in right now will be an even more fucking horrifying dumpster fire (laughs) because... Almost everything this year has been terrible except for our selection of video games and movies. <laughs> yeah, we can we can only hope 2018 is better. Hopefully there's a rainstorm and it kind of snuffs out that dumpster fire. That's my hope for next year. And, and we'll see how true that is when you Unless hear this. Unless it's acid rain from the climate change. But, <laughs> acid you know. rain that eats the dumpster and then snuffs the fire out. <laughs> we need all that to happen. <laughs> but, um, so... We'll be watching The Goonies, and we'll be back in a, uh, is it a fortnight? Two weeks. <laughs> is a fortnight two weeks? Yes. Sweet. <laughs> yes. I think, I, think, uh, I think we'll be back in a fortnight if that's two weeks, like I think it is. Are you laughing at me? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're very excited about saying fortnight correctly. <laughs> I, I'm not excited I said it correctly. I'm just excited that I had the correct definition. You mean used it correctly. But, um, yeah, we'll be back in a fortnight. I'm saying it again. And uh, Laura, tell them where you can, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can find us at lastchancetheater.com, on social media at lastchancetheater, and on Twitter at lastchancethtr. And um, you can find me on uh, at ctk86, uh, that's on Twitter, and at Justin on Instagram, and Justin on Flickr, that other thing I don't post pictures to anymore. I'm on all social media at Laura XJ. I didn't do my lead into her saying her stuff. I just, I kind of just, I don't know, zoned out. He just left me out there in the cold. <laughs> well, it's very cold here right now, and my room does not get hot. So I'm just like in here get, wrapped in blankets. Well, the fireplace is, is on, is lit out there. So when I walk out of the room, it'll be really warm again. But, um, yeah. And then you'll start sweating and you'll miss the cold. So, once you hear this, it will be well into the new year. But, uh, happy new year. And we're wishing you happy new year from here at uh, Last Chance Theater. And I've been Justin. I'm Laura. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.